You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome one and all to another live broadcast of TPC, our last week of regular programming before we enter into that special time of our broadcast calendar. Two months of special series coming up. March Around the World kicks off next week, followed by Confederate History Month in April. But first, tonight, uh, we are covering the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC. It held its annual gathering in Washington, D.C. this week. Our correspondent, Scoop Stanton, was there for the full ride, and he's still there now. President Donald Trump spoke on the scene earlier today where Scoop is reporting as we speak. Uh, Scoop, thanks for being with us. Thanks for doing us this favor and leading off tonight's broadcast with coverage from the ground in D.C. How's your week been? Well, first of all, James, good evening, political cesspool family. I am doing very well. James, currently I am at CPAC at the Gaylord National Resort in Oxon Hill, Maryland. I am currently in a hotel room with two beautiful ladies. And I know one of them is very special to you indeed. Perhaps both, but at least one, right? Well, they're both very special. They're both 75 <laughs> radio fans. There well, you go. Anyways, I'll save that for uh, the political cesspool after. Never mind. I thought one was your daughter. I don't even know where I got <laughs> that from. Keith, Keith might have been giving me erroneous information there a second ago. But uh, in right. event, okay, never mind that audience. Well, they're still very special. Oh, you know, the 75 Radio Fan Club joining Scoop on Radio Row this week with this press credentials, I might add. Now, Scoop, you've been covering CPAC for the Liberty News Radio Network for how long has it been now? It's been over a decade, uh, and first I was a, a political cesspool correspondent, and then I was a uh, 7.5 radio host, but this year was something a little bit different. First, uh, I, myself, uh, our spokesman, Daniela Rodriguez, also uh, Ed Hubner, I was going to have him as, as in production with uh, 7.5 radio because it is a, a major operation, and uh, we were denied credentials. I say, okay. So then it opened back up for media credentials again. So I applied under the uh, name Liberty News Radio Network as I am a part of this show, and my show is syndicated by Liberty News Radio Network, and I'm a uh, correspondent for Liberty Roundtable. And surprise, surprise, I was granted credentials for CPAC. Well, we just got Keith mic'd up. He brought out the point that it's been hit or miss for you over the course of the last decade. Sometimes you get in, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't get in, and then you do. Right, and it's. I think it depends on the election year. Like this year was a, a major election year, obviously, with Donald Trump. So I was first denied uh, credentials, and then we didn't have a lot of uh, uh, participants on what they call media row. I still call it radio row. But last year, it was an off-election year, and it was empty. And, of course, you know, 7.5 Radio with uh, Libby News Radio Network just rolled on in, and I did what it did best was squat. 
on Radio Row. <laughs> well, have, well you, have you met any real celebrities up there? All right, that, that's the question on everybody's mind that we got to get to the bottom of. Now, I know you met Robert Davi there one year who played one of the villains in James Bond. And, yes, folks, we are going to get to <laughs> just some serious uh, content here in just a second. But I actually thought that was pretty cool. He was the bad guy in uh, what, um, what movie was it? Which, which Bond was that? License to Kill. License to Kill, of course, Timothy Dalton. That, all that all we like can a... claim is uh, Sonny Landham from Predator. No, we do. Well, yeah, but you can't do any better than that. That's so, right. <laughs> but, but here, here's the thing about Dobby. I mean, here he is. He's one of the most famous James Bond villains ever. And people root for him in that movie because, frankly, Timothy Dalton could not uh, wear the shoes of 007. And he's walking <laughs> around the Gaylord uh, Resort just by himself. I was walking. Uh, he's Standing by the Alvarez, walking through uh, to uh, CPAC. And I said, Excuse me, sir, are you Mr. Dobby? Uh, Robert Dobby? He's like, Yes, Sam. Hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, big fan, blah, 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 blah. And you just couldn't have been any nicer. And you, you have a lot of other people now, uh, pseudo celebrities, of who gives a hoot. Well, you uh, met Lady Maga this week. Oh, yes. And uh, I gave her your phone number, James. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, let's get down to brass tacks here. Uh, Now that all the monkey shines are out of the way, we always like to open up the show with a little bit of levity or at least some announcements tonight. We went with levity. But, Scoop, you've done a a great job. I heard you on Sam Bushman's show a couple of times this week reporting live from the scene. Now, as you said, they used to call it Radio Row. Now it's called Media Row because you have the proliferation of podcasts and uh, live streams and a lot of video content now it's not just radio there in the media circle which is where you've been hanging out with all of our peers in the media uh let me ask you this to get started well i'll ask you this first and then i'll go back to the one i was going to ask what was your overall impression of what you've witnessed you ladies and gentlemen he has been there all day every day all week uh cpac ran from what thursday to uh saturday it's been a week-long right. event well james, right, so. it, james it, it, you know typical political accessible fashion Today was the big day. You had uh, President Trump, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Steve Bannon, uh, Mike Lindell, and a whole bunch of other uh, you know, heavy hitters. But unfortunately, me being the man that I am, I ha- had to go home and take care of my children. So I watched. <laughs> he Family was man extraordinary. He was there. I asked Scoop this earlier today. He was there for all of these also-rans. And the day Trump is there speaking he's like well i had to go take my daughter around <laughs> what that's the kind of man he is folks you should be thankful henpecked no nah, come on no, I'm, I'm kidding you hey no. hey keith just hey let the record show i am happily divorced but once again <laughs> I... <laughs> all right but what also keith remember i am in uh, the gaylord national resort in a hotel room with two uh, beautiful ladies there you go well, too bad we don't have a video feed. Yeah, well, he can get it. Well, uh, he he sends me pictures all the time. Uh, uh, so it, it would it, it wouldn't be suitable for this family show. <laughs> but again, wait till ten o'clock. We'll be do political accessible after dark. Oh yeah, that's right. So if you stay tuned, folks, of course, immediately following our show on this network. So if you're listening live on the live stream, go straight into uh, Scoop and Walter Yerkes. 7-5 radio and yeah it gets uh they really let their hair down there so that follows us immediately here every night of course uh, every saturday night well anyway scoop uh, again general observations let's get to that and then we're going to get to the the serious questions as this hour proceeds because it, it, it was a, a big event the cpac's always a big event all the big uh, republican movers and shakers are there we got a lot of questions for you so let's get serious general observations of your week at cpac general observation was that it wasn't as crowded as it should be. 
because, again, it's an election year. Donald Trump is running for president once again. He is one of the most popular presidents in U.S. history, but it wasn't as crowded as it should be. I mean, I've been here 2016. I came to CPAC when they told Donald Trump he's got to come at 8 o'clock Saturday morning. Now, if anybody's been to CPAC, you know, at 8 o'clock Saturday morning, 90% of the people cannot drive a car legally in the state of Maryland. But I was, I was kind of disappointed because there wasn't as much mainstream media, as much media that uh, is usually here. Uh, we didn't see anything from uh, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, the other Alphabet networks. Sirius XM didn't even come. Our old buddy Andrew Wilkow wasn't here. Uh, I remember Sandal seeing media. him at uh, Radio Row at uh, the Republican National Convention in Cleveland in 16. Yeah, that's right. Well, let right. me ask uh, you this, Peter. This is Keith. Do you, what do you attribute the poor attendance or, uh, you know, just to break through to it, too, is it that uh, CPAC is – now been unmasked as being conservative, or is it, uh, uh, you know, people are afraid to show up because they're afraid of retribution from, um, you know, the no. governmental well, authority? Uh, let's, let's get an answer, and then I, I, I want to follow well, up on that. Go, Scoop. It's, well, I, I was talking to a bunch of uh, uh, insiders yesterday uh, about how over the years CPACs has just gone downhill. Uh, like when it, in Florida, when they had it down in Florida, I heard it was a blast. But since it's back here in D.C., I guess people don't want to come to D.C. Also, a lot of blame uh, is put on the shoulders of Matt Schlapp. Every single person I spoke to said, well, you know, ACU, the American Conservative Union, need to uh, uh, get rid of Matt Schlapp. He needs to step down. He needs to retire because it doesn't have the, the oomph or the influence that it has in the past, even though uh, you had people like uh, Donald Trump, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and other uh, well, uh, people here. I would just say, Scoop, to your point, the American Conservative Union is the organization that hosts the Conservative Political Action Conference. The ACU hosts CPAC. And, of course, Matt Schlapp, as listeners of this program may recall, is embroiled in uh, a lot of homosexual sex scandal allegations. He hasn't been charged with anything criminally, but there is a civil lawsuit for, I think, $13 million that he supposedly fondled uh, at length uh, someone who used to appear on the political cesspool. Where, 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 where do we find these leaders for the conservative? Well, right? and so, but there is a lot of scandal, and I do believe, I think it's two things, if I just had to guess. Number one, the Republican Party base has moved on the kind of conservatism they get at CPAC. They're a lot more hungry for the red meat that shows like this provide, and also the scandal surrounding Schlapp, uh, I'm sure, had played a role in it, too. I think it's those two things that might have had the attendance a little depressed uh, in 2024, even in a presidential election year. We'll be right back with Scoop. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern National Talkers. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, 
Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Back live, Keith Alexander and yours truly, James Edwards here in the studio, and Scoop Stanton reporting live from just outside Washington, D.C., in the suburbs of America. Uh, of uh, Washington, D.C. at the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC. He's been there all week on Radio Row with media credentials, uh, taking it all in, reporting live for shows on this network, including, um, obviously, TPC and Sam Bushman's Liberty Roundtable. Talking about attendance being depressed, I'll just reiterate what I said before the break. If I just had to guess, I would guess it's because of you know all of the scandals surrounding uh, surrounding Schlapp and also because I think the base has moved on from the kind of establishment, mainstream, sanitized, wimpy conservatism that CPAC is known to put on offer. Keith? Another reason might be um, people are gun-shy of going to D.C. as conservatives. You see what happened <laughs> to the last uh, large group of conservatives that came to D.C. That's a good point. Very well could be. But I want to get back to Scoop. Uh, Scoop, but you've been there all week. Again, let's talk about what you did, what you saw. Well, uh, I saw the usual bunch of uh, self-righteous uh, conservatives. A lot of people don't realize that what happens at CPAC happens on Media Row. Scoop, can uh, you? I did, I, I, pardon the interruption, brother. Can you just turn your mic up just a smidgen and uh, by all means continue? I mean, if I how do I sound now? You are perfect. Okay, thank you. Uh, but how do I sound? <laughs> also perfect. Yeah, but anyways. <laughs> Like, I've been coming here for about a decade, and most of the action happens on Radio Row. Uh, you know, you don't see what happens on Radio Row. You got people politicking, trying to get on uh, different uh, shows and podcasts and so on and so forth, wheel and dealing. Uh, I got a friend who, whose business is to wheel and deal and get, and get clients, uh, you know, media attention. Uh, of course, there's a lot of people uh, with their you know, their staffers or whatever walk around like they're, you know, what doesn't stink. And I'm looking, and I'm like, who are you? But then again, uh, you got Mike Lindell, who everybody knows. He's just walking uh, by himself, uh, just being Mike Lindell. Uh, you went up and talked to him, right? Yeah, I, I went and talked to him at uh, when I was on Sam's show on Thursday, and I came in just unprepared. I was running late. I had to bring my uh, youngest, son, youngest son to the doctors, and I was running late. I had nothing prepared. And I, there's a big difference between Thursday shows and Friday shows. So I'm looking over. There's Mike Lindell on the phone by himself. 
Now his outfit, uh, Frank TV was uh, a couple, you know, a couple feet away, but he wanted some privacy uh, to talk whoever he's talking about, and he looked intense. So during commercial, I ran over and uh, he's on the phone. He looked at me like I, he looked at me as I about to mug him. I said, "Oh, how, how you doing, sir? Uh, my name is Pete Stanton. I'm with uh, Living News Radio. You're a sponsor of the network, and uh, we'd love to have you on. We're on the, we're on live right now." He's like, "Where you at?" I was like, "Pointed like right over to uh, uh very cool." I, I pointed over to Squatters Row, which is just me, and I had at, at the time I just had <laughs> I just I just had just my T-shirt uh, and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of mess. It, it looked like a homeless guy lived there, uh, so he's like, "All right, I'll, I'll come over if I can." So we're do, we're, we're still doing the show while I'm looking at uh, Lindell and the beautiful view of the uh, Potomac River. But uh, we ended before uh, uh, Mike Lindell came over. Then he went uh, went on his way as well as I did because the idea was. I was going to re- record about an hour of people coming through and trying to get interviews for Sunfire Radio or just for like a, uh, a non-live show, just put it out there on a, a, a podcast. But where I was, there's actually nobody walking up and down unless they're using the uh, uh, men's room. And one thing about CPAC... I got you posted up next to the men's room, huh? <laughs> Yep. Uh, so one thing about CPAC, uh, for the most part, gentlemen use the men's room and ladies use the ladies room. Uh, I guess, the, I guess that's the, that's one thing we can say about it. But looking here at the speakers, I'm, I'm, I don't know if Maybe there's not any... Matt Slap, but most of them, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody I'd pay to see, uh, but there's some people I, I would uh, see if I was there. Let and, me ask you about and had the access that uh, Scoop did. Yeah, go. I was going to say, are any of the so-called luminaries of our movement or among the usual suspects like... Uh, you know, Mark Levin and Ben Shapiro and all those people. Well, yeah, they, Levin was there. Now, here, here's who they had. Uh, and I know you said that in jest, Keith, what you just said. But uh, the, you got about three rows of – I'm at CPAC.org, okay? You got about three rows, four profiles to a row of people that are that are names. And then it gets down to a lot of people I've never I don't, I've never heard their name before. I have no idea who they are, who were speakers there this week. Donald Trump, obviously, Matt Schlapp, <laughs> of course, Vivek Ramaswamy, Ben Carson, Jim Jordan, Nigel Farage. You know, you can take or leave some of these people. Uh, how about Sebastian Gorka? Uh, I didn't. He wasn't a speaker. Now, Tulsi Gabbard, but, I ran into Tulsi Gabbard at an event last year. We talked for a few minutes. Actually, we talked about anti-white racism, and she said it's a very important issue. I'm going to continue to talk about it. Uh, but she was there. I would, I would watch her. And then it gets into a lot of people. Mike Lindell, who, who Scoop mentioned, nice guy. Um, then you get real, well, there's Tommy Tuberville. I mean, again, these are all established. Matt Gates, uh, Steve Bannon, Jack Posobiec, Mark Levin, uh, Megan Kelly, Christy Noam. And then you get deep, deep, deep into the bench. Ben Ferguson, Keith. I mean, that's oh what we're talking. <laughs> there's Sebastian Gorka. Never mind. I was wrong. He was a speaker. Of, you know, of course how, he would be. How could he not be there? Uh, Carrie Lake, Rick Santorum. See, this is the kind of uh, wimpy conservatism. I remember actually... Rick Santorum being there some years ago, and a bunch of college guys, Scoop, running to him like they were little girls chasing Paul McCartney and John Lennon trying to get a, a <laughs> selfie with him. And I'm like, what? You know, we're not going to win with these kind of guys. Right. Todd it, Starnes. I like Todd Starnes. And then it could go on and on. So that was, those were the, the biggest names that you would know. And then it gets to a lot of third and fourth tier people. Go, go, Scoop. Right. And that's what gets me is that you have politicians. Uh, people running up uh, like they're uh, rock, like they're again, like they're Paul McCartney or uh, uh, for me, like Robert Plant. I was like, they're politicians. They probably, you know, they probably got Peter some Peter Noon for them. me and Keith, but 
and I was like, and there'd be dudes. And now I understand, like, if it was a uh, uh, Sheriff David Clark who's been uh, uh, on this network and a uh, uh, close confidant of uh, uh, Sam. But uh, for the even I met uh, Sheriff Clark, and I but I didn't take a selfie with him. And oh, speaking of selfies, I uh, who was there? Uh, Elizabeth Kucinich, who's just an absolute doll, just absolutely gorgeous, nice as can be, easy on the eyes if you know what I mean. But I did not want to take a, a selfie with her. There's only two people I, I, I take selfies with, and one works on my show. The other one um, introduced me her to this show because he wants to take selfies. But you know, people want to take selfies. There's people, oh, it, it's Congressman so and so, and such and such. And I mean. Yeah, <laughs> they're like it's like I understand this is like this is nerd fest for for uh, you know political junkies, but I mean they're 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 politicians. I mean, and you know we have disdain for lots of people uh, running for public office, except those who come on uh, uh, our show for the most part, except for people like uh, Paul Babieu. <laughs> well, let me ask <laughs> but, you uh, this, yeah. uh, P- Peter, if I could, are there are there any guests there that act uh, that are stirring uh, up the powers that be there, the people they don't want there is. They're having any of that action this year? All right, what do you mean by that? Are there anybody there that's kind of speaking our language? Is that what you're asking? Right, yeah. It's somebody that's not, uh, you know, um, uh, board certified. <laughs> no, I, I, I would say no because, again, you know, the thing about CPAC, and I, we talked about this uh, years past, is that, you know, they're against cancel culture, but they cancel people uh, left and right. Talk about us. that. I got to well, say, folks, I want to I want to encourage you to go back to Sam Bushman's show, LibertyRoundtable.com, dot com for the last couple of days. Scoop did some great on the scenes reporting there, kind of breaking it down. You brought this up that they have, you know, they're against cancel culture, but they'll cancel you real quick and easy. And you gave some examples of that. Nick Fuentes, Richard Spencer and, and others who have been thrown Laura out. Laura Loomer. You're, yeah, you're true. Laura Loomer, who's on like the Trump campaign de facto. Right. And then, you know, they pick and choose who they want to uh from the media to represent them. Now, for us, I've been very fair to CPAC. You know, I, I thank them profusely for letting me uh, come on as a member of the media. But I remember it was either uh, 2020 or 2022, uh, everybody and their brother was here, and they gave people, you know, anti-Trump, anti-conservative, anti-Republican bloggers. They gave them media credentials. But here you have uh, somebody who's part of conservative media, prior uh, uh, law enforcement. for a long time. Yep. But, you know, not only have, have, have I been part of conservative media, uh, you know, prior law enforcement, served this country in the honorably for the U.S. Navy, but I get nothing. But some college kid with a blog, uh, you know, it's like anti-GOP.com. Uh, hey, look, you know. hey, you're there, though. I mean, you, you've gotten them as much as you've not gotten them as far as that goes. You've gotten right. credentials it, probably more than you haven't. And, and you're beating the rap because they charge a grossly inflated, exorbitant amount of money to come to this thing. You get to just roll in there. You can go sitting there with the President Trump. Right, which I, which I plan to, but unfortunately, uh, the former Mrs. Stanton. You had to go pick Stanton, up the kids, yeah. Yeah, I had to deal with the kids. <laughs> but, but, here, but here's a good thing real quick. She still has my last name. So my goal in life is to outlive her. So when she gets called home to the Lord, <laughs> I go to the cemetery and make sure the, the, her marker has my last name. But moving right along. All right. I'm glad you got that in, that dig in. But uh, all right. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, CPAC, we've always called it the conservative political action committee. I mean, this isn't our people. Some of the people there may be our people. And then you got some of these, again. Posers. Well, you got a lot of these college guys who, 
you're not going to mistake them for men. You know, the kind of people that go up to Santorum for a selfie, and that's the kind of uh, ones that you don't know which bathroom it's they'll go to. Definitely establishment <laughs> conservatism uh, for the most part. Although, now has there been any trend? Peter Brimlow has spoken there before, so it's not a, right. an entirely lost cause. I like Todd Starnes. Todd Starnes is from Memphis. He's defended the Nathan Bedford Forest, uh, former Nathan Bedford Forest grave here. Uh, there's some, you know, the people there. I'm sure we could find common ground with. Did you run into any of those either on the stage or on Media Row or just in conversations with passerby? Look, just just uh, attendees. I mean, the real conservatives are not the people on the stage, not the people wheeling and dealing, but the people who paid their hard-earned money to come here because they want to save this nation, including the two very lovely ladies in this beautiful <laughs> hotel room. <laughs> they're, 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 they're performing CPR on him as we speak. I'm sending Scoo- uh, Keith uh, on, a, on a bus to D.C. right now to get a <laughs> load of this. We'll be right back. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Laura Winters. There is new information this Saturday about the suspect accused of killing a University of Georgia nursing student who was out for a jog near the campus in the town of Athens. The 26-year-old man, an illegal alien from Venezuela, police saying it's a crime of opportunity. The investigation suggests that they had no relationship. He did not know her at all. I think this was a crime of opportunity where he saw an individual and uh, bad things happen. The police chief saying the man is charged with malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another. This is the first murder on the campus in 20 years. Classes have been canceled until Monday. South Carolina holding its primary today, the topic of IVF front and center, former President Trump campaigning in Rock Hill, saying he strongly supports in vitro fertilization. And today I'm calling on the Alabama legislature to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve the availability of IVF in Alabama, and I'm sure they're going to do that. The Republican Party should always be on the side of the miracle of life and the side of mothers and fathers and beautiful little babies. Have to be on that side. Meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris blaming former President Trump for Alabama becoming the first state to say that frozen embryos qualify as children under state law. Harris speaking in a video posted online. He handpicked three members of the United States Supreme Court with the full intention for them to overturn Roe v. Wade and take away the protections around every person's freedom and right to be able to make decisions about their own body. And today marks two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo 
promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each Pure Ground Burger so you can sample all the steak-on-a-bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, use promo code TREAT at checkout, and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T.com MericaFirst.com Welcome back to tonight's show, everybody. Scoop Stanton joining us live from D.C. at the CPAC 2024 gathering. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we toss it back to Scoop. Of course, who is operating there with press credentials, which you can get by working for this network. All praise to Sam Bushman for giving us, how was it uh, that the Southern Poverty Law Center once put it, the veneer of credibility? <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for doing that. Uh, and certainly, near that the SPLC does not have. <laughs> and uh, anyway, a couple of quick announcements. Uh, Scoop uh, giving us the honor of uh, reporting for us tonight, leading off tonight's broadcast for an hour uh, live from CPAC. A couple of things coming up, and that is I heard the American Free Press ad got a couple of great things coming up in the American Free Press. A few people have emailed me asking if I uh, quit writing for them, if I'd been fired. <laughs> it wasn't either <laughs> of the two. Uh, actually, what happened was I was out of town for two weeks, down uh, for four days with Steve King in Orlando. We did a show together, uh, spoke on a panel together, gave a talk at a conference together, and 
I actually forgot what week it was. I was gone for so long. I was gone for about 15 days, and I missed my deadline on one. And another one, an interview with Kevin McDonald, uh, was uh, so lengthy that they repurposed it for the Barnes Review. And there was another interview with Sam Dixon, which is incredible. You're going to love it. But it's also going to appear in the Barnes Review. But I got something coming up, uh, a recap of the conference that King and I were at and the next edition of American Free Press and the one following that, a Q&A with uh, Virginia Abernathy that I think you'll like. So a lot of stuff happening there, a lot of stuff in the pipeline. It's sort of like sometimes when you film a movie, you film a movie and then you don't, the movie doesn't come out for another year. That's like sometimes <laughs> these articles uh, who, are like that. Who, pray tell, was the King and I that you just mentioned? What do you mean? Oh, Steve King. Oh, Steve Not King. Martin Luther. Yeah, I was no, about no. to say. <laughs> Steve King. Uh, anyway, so that's coming up in AFP and TBR, and uh, we'll be back every week in the paper. Just uh, I was out of town and missed one. And let's see. Uh, yeah, we're down there for a speech. We've got events coming up uh, and more. Coming up in the next hour, we're talking about CPAC, and I really think, Scoop, that the – Republican Party voting base, the Trump voter has moved beyond the kind of conservatism, so-called, that CPAC uh, has put on offer. We're going to talk more with Jason uh, Kuna in the next hour about how the rhetoric from establishment conservatives up to and including Charlie Kirk and Matt Walsh has become a lot more like the kind of content they'd hear on this program and Sam Bushman's show and Scoop Stanton's show than uh, than you're going to get at CPAC. Yeah. I would say this, James, their sphere of influence, the type of people that typically have spoken at CPAC, is diminishing. Ours is growing. That's ex- We are ascendant. There is no doubt about that. Not just we, not just this program and our... Well, Scoop, uh, too. You well, know all, you know, I'm just saying, everybody who thinks like us, everybody who's been toiling in the vineyards for all these years, we're the ascendant ones. We're the ones with vision and with the passion to see it through. Scoop, uh, did you go into any of the speeches this week? Uh, yes, I tried to get into the speech uh, with Mike Gates, uh, but as as usual, they were running. CPAC was running late, so uh, I was waited uh, waiting for Matt Gates. It was uh, this lady, Katie Pavich, uh, talking about cybersecurity. Something it was, it was a snooze fest, but they also had something. Uh, uh, Mrs. Gusanis was with a group uh, that teamed up with CPAC to go against the World Health Organization. And I was talking to her, obviously, a very uh, uh, very nice lady. Uh, But it was called the International Crisis Summit. And they had all these medical professionals in a separate uh, ballroom giving talks on Friday all day long because the World Health Organization wants to implement an international law that supersedes any law from any sovereign nation concerning uh, health health care when disease x number two comes out and it's some really right. some real garbage so uh mrs kucinich's group i don't know what uh, name of the group but uh everybody's walking around with uh buttons of, with the who with a red line through it so i attended this uh this lecture in these two medical uh doctors both oncologists talking about what that vac- so-called vaccine does to people they didn't in if you look at the patent, it's not even called vaccine. It's called gene products. Not a vaccine, but gene products. And the things that this vaccine did to kids, the cancer rate in children since the vaccine was implemented, up over 1,000%. Cancer for adults, up over 1,000%. Heart problems through the roof. Tumors, ginormous. People are getting ginormous tumors after they get the uh, uh after they get the jab. And it just made my jaw drop. And I was, I was, as I was sitting there, I was like, oh, my God. This should be CPAC. It shouldn't be, you know, we all, we all know Joe Biden sucks. He's a, he's a bumbling, fumbling, mumbling 
old man who's not run the country. It's somebody, you know, somebody behind the uh, curtains, probably uh, Obama, who lives in the Calorama neighborhood of Washington, D.C. Uh, he's not run the country. He's just a puppet head. But talking about the, the this vaccine, and th- these were not two, you know, not, not two uh, uh, I- idiots uh, uh, on, a, on a radio show. These were guys were certified oncologist which is a, a study of uh, cancer in the blood and it's like oh my god and well, Scoop, you know, but, this is Keith yeah. let me just say this if they pass that law they're proposing and discussing I guess we can call this the great kill-off because uh, you know uh, the only people that seem to be dying of COVID are people that have had the uh, original shot and the uh, boosters and uh, I'm just wondering of uh, you know that would they would not get any positive response if people like you and us were in their audience uh, rather than a bunch of medical professionals. Scoop's really on to something here, though, because what he's talking about is exactly some of the issues that were discussed at the event that Steve King and I were at earlier this month in Orlando, the Restore Freedom Rally, which is an article I've written about, a summation uh, along with Rick Tyler for the American Free Press that will be coming out in the next issue. Yeah, so I think, again... uh, What's the old phrase? Politics flows downstream from culture, uh, culture or is it the other way around? <laughs> uh, but yeah, col- politics culture. are downstream from culture. Or Right. So we change the culture, and then you know people like CPAC are going to be singing our tune, and increasingly they are. But, you know, there's still got a lot to, a lot to be uh, desired there. I saw on their website that you know, they want you to know that they proudly and ardently stand with Israel. They did have a statement on the website uh, declaring that they oppose BLM, but only because BLM is anti-Semitic. So, uh, Scoop, how much of that did you run into? <laughs> uh, very little of it, uh, surprisingly, uh, but a lot, a lot of Trump, uh, a lot of Make America Great Again, a lot of red hats, a lot of red shirts, uh, a lot of uh, conservative women for Trump uh, shirts, uh, you know, a lot of red, white, and blue, not a lot of the, that other stuff, but... Uh, you know, but it's it's around, and of course that idiot sheriff, he's he's walking around about asking me about uh, uh, legalizing heroin. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to, to talk to him. It's like, well, you know, you want to legalize drugs? We're going to legalize uh, fentanyl. You know, so he he's just an idiot. I mean, and then uh, I talked to him last year, and we who are we talking about? We're, we're, there's a there's a sheriff from I believe Arizona, New Mexico. His name's Howard something or other. He walks. He's here every single year with the dressed up as a cowboy, uh, wearing a shirt that says <laughs> "Cops for Legalizing Drugs." Now, you know, personally, I think the it, I've asked Larry Ray Harden, who we're going to have on in a couple of weeks. Is like, oh is yeah, he's great. One? Former DEA agent, been on our show. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, we're been on our show. Scoop. Anyways, uh, so we got this guy. You know, oh yeah, uh, asked me about legalizing drugs. You know, I don't care. You know, it, it's a personal choice, but you know. We, we all see these neighborhoods absolutely destroyed uh, by narcotics. And now the fentanyl's coming in by a truckload. And, you know, now's not the time to say, all right, you know, let people uh, uh, legalize drugs. So, you know, in, in uh, D.C., weed is legal. And, you know, people still commit crimes because they need need the cash to go buy weed. If you got money well, where does to go he buy stand weed, on the border? Legalizing uh, drugs. No, what, about, it, it, what, what, no, it, what about the border? 
Right, but his his talk, but James, his talk point is drugs. He, you don't you don't have like you know is you know you know his, his prepared statement on uh, even the though border. he's from Arizona or New Mexico, the border's not right, even somewhere right somewhere down south because you know uh, uh you know uh, sheriffs up in uh, uh, New York, Connecticut, Massachusetts don't wear us uh, ten gallon Stetsons. But you know he's got. <laughs> let me uh, ask you this, about Peter Peter Keith. Let me say this: there are two big issues I think that are going to cause the Democrats a lot of heartburn in the upcoming election. If we have, and that's a big if, a fair and free election, they are, one, their efforts to make sexual perversion a civil right, and two, the blowback from people that are appalled by what the Israeli government is doing to the Palestinians. Uh, is there any of that being addressed at the uh, conference? Well, I know Scoop told me that's a good question. I know, Scoop, you told me there was an anti-Hamas video, which is fine to be anti-Hamas, but the correlation is you're pro-Israel. <laughs> and you're, you're right. going to turn a blind eye Has anyone there got the courage to be anti-Israel? No, I, can, I can answer that not having even been there. Scoop, take it. Uh, that's, that's a negative. Um, <laughs> a big negative. That's a big N-O. <laughs> right. So my my thing is that we got we have too many problems here at home, and you know the, the our, our big cities just over are flooded with the uh, gangbangers, and we got all these people from God knows where to do God knows what, and we're worried about something happening across, halfway across the world. But then again, we two got billions headed to Zelensky. Happening halfway across the world. Right. Right. Hold on, one boys. in uh, Israel, the other in Ukraine. All right, hold on, boys. One more. Segment with Scoop and what is a busy night. I mean, he's still got his own show to do later tonight, and we're going to ask him what he's going to be doing in the meantime. Well, actually, I should not because I know, and he better not answer that truthfully. We'll be right back. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com. Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience.
I should clarify, ladies and gentlemen, and I will clarify when I said I know what's happening next for Scoop and he better not answer. That was not he, – he keeps mentioning, you know, he's got these two beautiful women in the hotel room with him. It has nothing to do with that. He's actually going to an event. And I will say – and we're not going to ask him to tell you publicly what event it is. You would be surprised at the people who are in touch with us behind the scenes, Okay. And the kind of connections we have now, one day we hope that those things can be made manifest. But in the meantime, there is a considerable amount of network building and cooperation happening, even if some folks aren't quite ready to come out and take off the mask and say, yeah, we, we know these guys and we, uh, we, uh, we're, we're, we're in with them. Uh, but uh, back to CPAC. Again, I think Scoop the Day for this kind of stuff is over. It is moving beyond that, and it has to. Uh, I think even in the past they had, what, Van Jones speak there? I mean, this guy is the most anti-white, rabid, Marxist, uh, cultural communist you can imagine, and he's a speaker at CPAC in the past, if I'm not mistaken. That's not even as bad as, you know, Sam <laughs> Sam and I had press credentials to the Freedom Fest last year, this libertarian-adjacent uh, uh, type of thing, and they had, they're having Ice-T as their speaker, this black rapper who's most well-known for rapping about killing cops, and he's their speaker this year. This is supposed to be some sort of a quasi-conservative thing. So we're moving away from that and into something better. And I'll tell you, we're tying all of this together tonight. Uh, coming up next, even a lot of the establishment conservative talking heads are moving in our direction. We're going to have Jason Kuna on in the next hour to give you some more evidence of that. And then, Scoop, you know, there's one thing we're doing here this year, and since you were on tonight, I decided to make this the selection. So we're doing a 12-part series in honor of TPC's 20th anniversary year. One hour per month, we're having a showcase of a classic interview, TPC at 20, a retrospective. This series will run throughout the year, one hour per month. Uh, and tonight's selection is the interview that you and I did with Anthony Cumia. We're going to be revisiting that to, to give you just an example of one of the first guys who really kind of broke bad and came out on our issues uh, as early as 10 years ago, Anthony Cumia. We're going to revisit that interview with fresh reaction and commentary in the third hour, so stay tuned for that. And then if you haven't gotten enough scoop yet, and how could you, to know him is to love him, he's going to be doing it all over again two hours from now when his show kicks off with Walt uh, 7.5 Radio, live still from uh, the CPAC. So, Scoop, uh, we will ask you this. Uh, without divulging too much information, what are you going to be doing for the next couple of hours? You really don't want to know, James. Yeah, yeah clean it up for the uh, audience. No, no, no. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> no, I, listening. I, listen, there's a possibility that uh, 7.5 Radio spokesmodel, Ms. Danella Rodriguez, might be uh, coming down. Uh, we have a friend of hers I actually met here um, going to a uh, after party. But uh, and I told the person who was trying to get me in, hey, listen, uh, if I go, I got to run back uh, to this lovely hotel room, these lovely ladies, and conduct 7-5 radio because I'm that dedicated to yeah, Liberty News Radio Network. Well, you know, you could but, take a cell phone. We've done that before. I, I doubt because, again, it's one of these wild after parties, uh, a lot of uh, uh, people dancing, no booze. <laughs> right. This is and, radio, and, not television. You can get away with some things. <laughs> right. So, But I like to – trust me, there's been plenty of shows I've done on the cesspool and 7-5 radio where I've done it on the telephone. It sounds like garbage. Uh, uh sounds like I'm doing it from uh, outer space. So um, even though <laughs> – even though this night I talked to this uh, nice gentleman, um, 
you know, I said, like, listen, I got to do radio at 10 o'clock, even though it's this great party. Uh, Danelle might show up. Hopefully she shows up. So I take a t- couple dozen uh, selfies and hug her till no end. That, p- that poor woman. Uh, but I will be back to do the political cesspool after dark. Well, yeah, it, also known as the fourth hour, also known as 7-5 Radio. Now, I will like, tell you this, talking about the people you've rubbed uh, shoulders with or elbows or whatever you call it. Uh, just yesterday, uh, Friday, uh, on Sam Bushman's show, uh, you brought over Caroline Levette, who is Trump's national campaign press secretary. And I listened live to that interview uh, that Sam conducted with Caroline. And at first she said, uh, you know, we got to make America great again. You know, the regular uh, platitudes. Uh, it was great until Biden. And I'm thinking, OK, is this how this interview is going to go? I mean, America was not great. Uh, <laughs> America did, ju- did not just become ungreat in the last four years. It's had some systemic issues for generations now. Uh, but she started off with that. And then she got surprisingly strong. She talked about uh, opposition to uh Forced DEI, uh, getting away from merit-based promotions and scholarships and things like that. Immigration, election interference she addressed. Everything, she said this, and I, I took note, everything they say about Trump is what they are talking about, you know, being so-called authoritarian. you know, authoritarians and uh, defenders of democracy. They're the exact uh, opposite of that. Uh, open borders equals a loss of national identity. So this is good. And, and if people don't know who Caroline Levette is, and she was on Sam's show yesterday, Scoop was standing right there with her when, when she conducted the interview there live from the uh, media row at CPAC. Uh, number one, she's a beautiful young lady. I believe she's 28 years old, 26, 28 years old. He's, she is the national press secretary for the Trump campaign. Uh, on with Sam yesterday. And uh, she formally ran for a congressional seat, and it was a good interview. What did you make of it, Scoop? It was a great interview. Um, I was shocked how eloquent and to the point she was. And um, it didn't it didn't it didn't sound like your typical talking points that all these other politicians and press people and spin doctors uh, make, but uh, is is very uh, uh, to the point and very eloquent and. Uh, and for some reason, uh, when we were getting this together, uh, Sam said, "Listen, Scoop, uh, when you if we get if we get her, all you need to do is just stand there, don't say anything, don't do anything, <laughs> just appro- just appropriately, don't stare at her, uh, just stand there in case we something goes bad." And then I got a text from one James Edwards. He's like, "Scoop, don't mess us up, uh, don't do anything, just stand there, <laughs> don't be yourself." No, yes. Scoop's the best. Scoop's the best. Hey, you know what? <laughs> that's that's funny. And, 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 and here's the thing: my, our, uh, all of our uh, fans for Summer Five Radio was there, and I put them to work. Uh, I I had one uh, give me a bottle. Another one had to give up the chair for uh, our, our guest. And um, they're, they're waiting with bated breath for me to do what I do best, which is just stand there and do nothing and look sexy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this, Scoop. It has been uh, a privilege and continues to be uh, to work with you. Scoop's been on here, I think, officially even maybe a little bit longer than Keith. I mean, coming up on 19 years, first as our international correspondent, now for so many years as our D.C. correspondent, and for so many years before he started his own program, uh, he uh, sort of... uh, Wasn't he over in Spain at one time? He was in Rota, Spain, and uh, 
for for so many years, he always had the last segment of the third hour to himself. And uh, the last few years, we have talked to him more sparingly because he's been doing his own program. But uh, tonight, uh, starring uh, in, in the in the show tonight and, and featuring here in this first hour, live from CPAC, always good to, to reconnect with Scoop, who is still our official D.C. correspondent and always will be. And he is certainly coming through tonight. Scoop, final word to you. We've got about two minutes uh, left, as you know. You well know the clock here at Liberty News Radio. Uh, final reflections, observations from CPAC. Well, to me, this was the best CPAC I've been to. And I always say things happen for a reason. We got this uh, a great guest who just knocked it out of the park. We were able to do this with no money, no support, no love from anybody. And I walked in. I set up shop in Squatters Row. I put my little flag up, a little T-shirt, and we knocked it out of the park. And the best thing about CPAC is meeting the people because I met two awesome fans uh, for Seven Five Radio, and they they're, they're, uh, they know uh, our uh, media director Mike Rakebrandt. So things happen for a reason. This is our best. C- this is my best CPAC for the simple fact of the people I've met. I and I met so, here's... Yeah, so I've. So I met these two wonderful uh, people from Long Island. Uh, another friend, her name is uh, her name's Jen, who, who who's local. And then uh, one of Danelle's friends uh, is also uh, was here as a conservative. I met uh, her uh, friend, and he's really interested. In, uh you know, hopefully we're going to get together and, and uh, do some things. But uh, you know, forget all the speakers and all the hoopla and the the, the people making asses of themselves, including the sheriff. But it's the people I meet here at CPAC, which really makes it special. And when I met uh, uh, my two fans here, within two seconds I knew, hey, they're good to go. I'd rather hang out with them, drink some uh, beers, and then, you know, do do CPAC-y things. You know, uh, kiss people's ass and ask for an interview or a picture or whatever <laughs> whatever else. You know, do what I do best. Have got sit groupies sit now? Yeah, this is it. This is what he's saying. I mean, we won't use that yeah. word, but, I mean, here's Scoop just walking around doing his business for the network, and people recognize him, and they are listeners right. they, of 7.5 Radio, and I think that's fantastic. Right. Well, they're, yeah, they're friends with uh, uh, Mike Rakebrandt, and then they follow, we followed each other on Facebook, and uh, somebody posted, hey, I'm going to uh, CPAC. I was like, me too. So... They came in, and uh, I met up with them, and just within two seconds, I knew they were uh, uh, good people. Hand and in just, glove. Right. We were just hanging out with them every, ever since. All right. But, so uh, what, give people uh, now, again, folks, don't go anywhere, because the guy who motivated Scoop to get into radio to begin with, Anthony Cumia, we're going to revisit uh, that classic interview as part of our retrospective series tonight. Jason Kuna coming up next to talk about how mainstream conservatism is moving in our direction, even if CPAC is lagging behind. Scoop, 10 seconds. What can they expect on uh, 7.5 Radio tonight? I know you've already given it a little bit of a so, foreshadowing. So, well, we're gonna, we're, we, get more, we get more of uh, CPAC. We got Mike and Walter on. I can ask Walter why he put Whiskey Tango Foxtrot on a uh, Facebook post that I poured my heart out for everybody to get this done uh, <laughs> interview with the, uh, right. uh, Ms. Levitt. So, whatever that means, but uh, whatever that means, we'll find out together. Yeah, it's after pull after dark. I'll be listening. I'll be listening. I'm not. I'm not tuning out. I'll be uh, listening. Yeah, you... And uh, Sco- <laughs> Scoop will have it. Thank you, Scoop. Jason Kuna up next. Stay tuned, everybody. In ancient times, man roamed the earth in a constant state of hunting or being hunted. Introducing Caveman, where cutting-edge science meets ancient super nutrients. Secure your bottle right now at InfoWarsStore.com. 
you've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio, radio. ResolutionRDO.com Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, hour number two of three. Last week of February, Keith, does it uh, even seem real that we are already nearly now... Three months into the new year? I tell you, one-fourth of the way through the year. Is it that much already? I guess it would close, be. Well, uh, do you have to get through the third month before you can count that, or is it just at the beginning of the third month? We'll count the number of days sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any event, we're still waiting for any manner of unrest and uncertainty heading into this uh, pivotal election year. And I was talking with Sam Dixon earlier today. Uh, I'm letting uh, just bringing this up uh, to allow our uh, producer, the incredible Liz to uh, make sure uh, troubleshoot our guest. And uh, it looks like we're still working on that. And Liz, if we have to get him on the phone, as opposed to the uh, hands-free version, that that's fine. Uh, but that uh, actually caused me to lose my train of thought. Sam Dixon. Uh, yeah. Oh, talking to Sam train Dixon. Train of thought is jump the track. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Dixon earlier today talking about the election year. And I said, you know, I guess in some ways, if Trump wins, you know, a lot of our people are going to be placated. And he said, well, we really win either way. If, if he uh, certainly not moralize the left so much. Well, I think certainly if, regardless of what he does, if Trump is still in the picture, you're going to have that four years of chaos that the media will manufacture. That's going to further polarize things. And uh, if, if he loses, it's just going to get so bad, it's going to increase the polarization. So in that way, I think, yes, we really can't lose. The thing about uh, Trump is he could be the second coming of Joe Biden, but it would discombobulate 
the left to such an extent that they would just, you know, go haywire. So if your opinion is good for us is what mine is, and that is we have no future on this continent under the current trajectory and that our only hope for salvation, uh, barring some deus ex machina type of redemption is secession. Well, then how do you get there? Increased polarization, increased friction. Trump can certainly provide that by just breathing. But even if he loses and is taken off the board, it's just going to get so bad with the Democrats stacking the courts and just everything else that they'll have uh, under their thumbs for us that I think the polarization is going to increase either way. We'll that, that's Sam's alien, point. We'll have such an alienated nation of uh, people from red versus blue states that it will never be the same. Well, it's already getting – it's already, I think, past the point of no return. Some people may not realize that yet. But anyway, let's get to our featured guest of the evening. Jason Kuna is back, and he is a lifelong advocate for white well-being. He is the creator of the Go Free Practice, the author of five books, an international speaker and content creator on more than ten flat uh, platforms. Excuse me. He proudly represents the white well-being activist-oriented community, and we'll get him to plug all of his websites and contact information, and there's a lot of them. But let's first say hello again and welcome, Jason. How are you tonight, my friend? Oh, I couldn't be happier. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I I couldn't be more excited. I listened to the first hour of the show and uh, really delighted for the totality of what we refer to as the white sympathetic sphere, those who are in the explicit, those who are willing to acknowledge that uh, race is at the heart of this, that we are under attack because we are born as white people, and that there's no way to escape that by way of abstractions like the rest of conservative America thinks that you can do. And that's one of the reasons why we're seeing lower attendance at CPAC. But I first want to say a huge congratulations uh, to uh, you, James, and Keith, and the 20 years. I am just absolutely amazed. Thank, Thank God you all have been hard at work. Thank you so much for your service to white well-being, our people, the Southland, uh, and uh, God bless you. And a big salute and uh, celebration to your totality of your audience who, you know, by pushing as they've been pushing year after year, have uh, helped to influence, putting their shoulder into it, helped to influence this changing dialogue, these changing locutions that we are seeing across the totality of the conservative movement. This is really what it is, is the resistance to our victimization, the resistance to anti-whiteism. So. A big uh, thank you so much for your service and congratulations to uh, to the show and to everybody in the audience. Well, thank you so much for that, Jason. And I got to say, it's uh, really a little bit disconcerting to realize how quickly those 20 years have passed. But I want to say this to reciprocate, but in all sincerity, thank you for being part of the story for all of those years. You know, I have known you for as long as this show has, has, has been, and you have certainly you know, it's just done a, a, a lot of incredible work in your own right uh, that, have, that has run parallel and complementary to what we're all doing here as a collective. And I think that is something that we want to talk about. Keith, you had a, a when we were talking with Jason and Q before the show got started tonight, uh, before this hour rather got started tonight, you had something that I wanted you to. Well, it's basically this, that uh, CPAC's loss in membership is basically our gain. I really, you know, I don't want to put, throw uh, cold water on this, but I don't think any of us really did much more than just make available uh, an alternative voice for what a lot of people have been thinking and speaking about for years. Uh, 
you know, for example, James went to a conference down in Florida recently, and people came up to him and said, oh, he said, you know, I've been thinking just like this for years. I've, I've been, you're the first person I've heard or something. See, there are a lot of people we haven't reached yet, but they, what we're saying, what you're saying, what we're saying, what others in our sphere are saying is just common sense, and people ha have been hungering for common sense on racial issues for ages. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely unquestionable. And I think the service that you and, and James are providing your audience, especially over the totality of the arc of these two decades, uh, is invaluable. And uh, they, I know that there's a, an entire community that really appreciates you both. And uh, I just want to underscore the importance of that value that, that you provide to the community and then their ability to go out and, and echo and magnify these topics, these stories, and a different perspective than is controlled by Big Con Inc. And that is CPAC. You know, that, that is all of these different organizations that we have known heretofore as monolithic and representative of the resistance to our victimization, our victimization as individual white men and women, Westmen, as we like to say, and uh, our countries across the totality of the West. And we have a lot of topics. I mean, there's a lot of things going on now, and in particular, the white erasure. And uh, that that being as poignant as it is, so salient as it is, enables a lot of white people to literally see the erasure of ourselves, where it didn't, it didn't require any longer. It's increasingly not requiring any longer uh, deep thinking or or a high IQ or the time just to do it. And so many people that we don't have the time because every, every white man working a full-time job is, has uh, three intruders uh, clinging to his back that he is supporting in addition to himself, his wife and his family. We simply don't have the time. Things are getting easier and people are looking to alternatives. And there is the conservative, uh, the conservative sphere, if you, the, the implicit, white sympathetic sphere, the, the, the white folk out there and even non-white folk who are conservative minded and uh, they want the West to remain the West. They want America to remain America. They know they don't they don't uh, they're not baffled about whether or not this is an attack on white people. They see every day that it's an attack on white people. But see, the various see, degrees, uh, Jason, yeah, we have in. a big amen corner. And they've just been waiting for something to say amen to, you know? <laughs> I like the way you put that, yeah. Keith. Well, the, well, I mean, that's the thing, Jason. Would you agree that if our correspondent on the ground who's been there all week, okay, at CPAC, and this is 2024, I mean, this is, uh, as we like to put it, the fight of the century until the next fight of the century. As far as political battle goes, I mean, this is a pretty big one, the rematch between Trump and Biden. I mean, that's getting a lot of play. It's got a lot of uh, people excited or distressed on both sides a lot of tension you know certainly a much bigger game than bush versus Kerry and bush versus gore and you know the things from that era obama, obama versus romney and mccain all right so but the attendance is down even though this is a much more media driven election uh, so i mean it, would you agree or disagree and why so in our assumption that the reason why CPAC would be depressed on a year like this with these two particular players in the media fervor being what it is, is because the Republican base has moved beyond what CPAC is offering and yeah, two people like you. Right. Yeah, precisely. I think it's a really curious point that this year is the biggest of all years of all of our lives, because this is 
the the final chance for uh, a person, irrespective of Donald Trump and uh, his his uh, proclivities or inclinations, and as a businessman, what he'll be able to actually do, and et cetera. He is viewed as an outsider, and he is kind of a wild card. And more importantly, what he does for white America is he implicitly makes the average white person think proudly about themselves. They think America, America is ours. America is what we do. And that's the great value that he provides. This is this election coming up is really going to decide everything moving forward to a significant degree. And you're right. The fact that people aren't showing up there is a rejection of Big Con Inc. We are going to great place to leave it, Jason. Jason does it as good as anybody and better than most all. We'll be right back with him, and we're going to pick up right there on that question. Stay tuned. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Uh, back with Jason Kuna. You can call him the Big Kahuna if you so choose, and I know Keith, you do. <laughs> but, uh, he is back with us, and I want to pick up. I want to spend just another minute or two on this, Jason, and then we're going to get into some examples. Uh, but again, Big Con, Con Inc. Uh, seems to be increasingly left behind by the Trump base so much so. Uh, that even their standard bearers are moving in the direction of our collective and yeah, of yeah. our shared community. Keith? Yeah, exactly. I think that if you will not talk about this being a racial problem, a white problem, you're going to be like, like last week's newspaper. It's not going to – you're not going to be 
part of the conversation that the American people want to have. And I think we got to welcome these people in. I mean, whether you, 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 it's impossible to handicap the degree of sincerity uh, that these people may have. Maybe they're coming over that, because that's where the base is. There's been this concerted effort for the last 30 years to take people out of the racial zone and to discuss this in other terms. But it's a racial problem, but, uh, first and foremost, and in final analysis. And so when people do come late to the party, Jason, I mean, what do you do? I mean, we're seeing this increasingly. You, you, I, I think, my opinion is, you have to welcome them, regardless of their degree of sincerity, because the good news is, people like you, people like we feature on this program week after week, year after year, for now 20 years, uh, are the reason that they're there. We have moved the base. Our collective has moved the base. You've moved the base. And so... When people who were just as recently as three or four years ago in the case of Charlie Kirk were kicking people out of his meetings for saying the things that he's saying now, you have to just pat yourself on the back because you did that. Well, precisely. I mean, it's, and I want to make sure that I thank uh, Sam as well, uh, all the hard work that he has Absolutely. done. Absolutely. Sam Bushman, here, here. Yeah, without question. And helping to move that dial over all the years. Uh, really big salute to Sam and everybody working uh, with Sam. The problem has been, of course, when it comes to our victimization by the anti-whites, in, in huge measure, is this fear by your basic white person uh, about the social morality. The social morality of our day is this anti-white, immoral, moral imperative. And this is the argument that trumps every uh, logical argument, every reason-based argument, uh, every uh, uh, evidence-based argument, it always has and always will. It's based in the retributive or retributive justice against Western kind. And as a consequence, all conservative America does, all, all white people and non-white people who agree with us and would like the country to remain Western, uh, all they do is lose over the totality of their lives. It becomes uh, just more and more patently painful for our people uh, when we see this sort of impenetrable mindset of a, a lot of these conservative big con uh, leaders, uh, when they refuse to acknowledge our victimization and they abstractionize it every single time. But when it comes to the victimization of a non-white group, they've got no problem talking about race. So just a quick example is conservative, Big Con Inc. Uh, personalities have no problem talking about how the black race is so-called targeted Here we for go. abortions. And, or even, uh, the, even the Asians, even the even Chinese the Asians. and the Indians. Precisely. Not every, it's every a legacy from the civil rights movement, I think, and it's something that I think people realize finally that we've got to throw overboard this sense of white guilt that was engendered in us through mm. the civil rights movement. No white guilt. I mean, mm. that Jason is yes. Mr. No White Guilt. And to Keith's <laughs> point, I mean, yes, I mean, race exists to the Republican Party and, you know, frankly, to the Southern Baptist Convention, as long as mm. it's not the people that are either filling the pews or actually voting Republican, because even at the Republican National the Convention, Charles Murray approach. even at the Republican National Convention and even at the Southern Baptist Convention, you will have breakout groups for every race and ethnicity under the sun, except for the people who are actually there. Jason, back to you. Mm. So race does yeah, exist. Precisely. And this, this refusal, this, this refusal to, to acknowledge our own victimization because of this sense that it is immoral to do so, to even identify white people, uh, is what has held back resistance to our victimization. So, for example, you have this Avin Krishna at uh, IBM CEO openly saying that uh, you will be bonused 
if you only hire non-white people and you will have pay deducted if yes. you hire white people. And conservative Big Con Inc. turns it into an abstraction and says, no, it's supposed to be about uh, merit-based. It's supposed to be best man gets the job. They look at – and then they, they want to open the rule book. Yeah, and they say, see white people winning, and then they say that it's <laughs> – you know, see, it's like that recent uh, – non-action by the Supreme Court on the Thomas Jefferson Magnet School in the D.C. area. Mm -hmm. It was all right to talk about it when it was uh, hurting Chinese people, but when they thought that white people might be uh, in in it, they they just don't want to come out and say we're going to apply merit across the board because they know that if they do that, white people are going to be the net beneficiaries of all this. Well, uh, precisely, and uh, they, certainly when it comes to the conservatives, and that and that's an admission by anti-whites, by the way. When they say, like we had uh, was a couple of months ago, a, a MSNBC personality, uh, I think it was Reed or something, her name, uh, said that well, they want to they want to get rid of these policies that discriminate against white men, uh, so that then all of these jobs end up. Uh, in the hands of white men. That's an admission that here, if here. the playing field is level, that white guys are going to kick ass or kick butt. And uh, when it comes to the conservatives, though, the, the basic conservative uh, out there, you know, just just muddling along, they they feel it is immoral to even mention. Us. Suddenly they'll say things like, it's not about race and I don't see race. And, you know, bottom line is their handicap doesn't prevent anti-whites from be, from victimizing us and white people increasingly across america across the west indeed they're they are noticing this they're noticing the blanket, uh, blanket discrimination blatant discrimination and saying why aren't you mentioning us why aren't you brave enough to mention us while you're mentioning everybody else so the house of of the conservative resistance is you know metaphorically burning down they're in a liminal stage and it has a lot to do uh, with numerous factors that we can certainly talk about with the time we have. But the fact that uh, they they continually fail, uh, another big uh, reason for it is a little bit more abstract. But it is that, you know, for the longest time, conservative-minded people in the United States saw the world through the lens of leftists and themselves. And then any alternative to themselves, anything harder than Big Con Inc., was neo-Nazism which they reject out of hand. And this is something that I've argued uh, about for uh, many, many, many years. And we now have the research of Ashley Jardina of uh, Duke and Mason, no friend of the white race. But nonetheless, her research proves us right that there is a massive number of white people, uh, up to 40% in her studies, that have a white identity, a positive, proud white identity. But as soon as you introduce racial animus, as soon as you introduce disliking other groups on the basis of their birth, they disavow that identity and they want nothing to do with it. Well, the kind of concepts that uh, like we are pushing in our community and are being spread uh, generally, uh, the kind of concepts are ones that center our people, that focus on ourselves, that instead of saying uh, this group is bad, it's saying no more victimizing us. And that's the kind of thing that the vast majority of white people can get behind. No more victimizing us. That's why anti-whiteism is so powerful, uh, using anti-white 
white erasure, another one of our five key concepts that we push, anti-white narrative, another one that we push, are easily adopted and work as a curative contagion. People, they take it, they see how useful it is in defense of themselves, and they pass it on. There's much more, you know, to the, 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 the sort of science of it, of how we reclaim our destiny, uh, kind of backing our brothers and sisters into a individual well-being by way of our group's well-being. And that's effectively what these concepts do. But it is the strength that is changing the day. It is, it is the main driver, along with some other things like the, the ineptitude, uh, the scandals out of Big Con Inc., and the continue uh, the continued losses to anti-whites and uh, the anti-white narrative that they simply can't get. I mean, and we have what? How many anti-white Jewish people do we need at the head of our resistance to the, our victimization that are all for like ben, little Benny, little Benny, all for our border being wide open? <laughs> yeah. Who cares about you know, who, who cares about the white race? Uh, who cares if America becomes brown? But he will absolutely not permit Israel to become black. He's all for removing the uh, black Jews uh, from the country of Israel, a country that he, for whatever well, reason, you know, identifies with. Now you really, do you really got Keith hot and bothered now? I yeah, can tell yeah. you. I'm, I'm looking at him. He's over here well, look, chomping at the bit. Look, Jason, I feel like I ought to be the poster child for uh, white erasure and uh, white uh, uh, victimization. I was born in 1951 when I was 18. That was 1969, the first year of affirmative action. I'm now 73, and they still can't bring themselves to disavow uh, uh, affirmative action when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Where did you want to go to school, Keith, and what happened? Come on. Okay, <laughs> I, went to, I, I applied to go to Vanderbilt Law School. I had uh, Phi Beta Kappa, and I had 170 out of 180 on the LSAT, and I lost out mm. to a fellow black student that had below a 50 uh, a 150 on the LSAT and a 2-4 grade point average. But so, Ole Miss Law School is still better than Lamont Owen. Yeah, well, Lamont Owen doesn't have a law school. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, all I'm saying, though, is this. You know, this has been going on for a long time. This seed has taken a long time to germinate, and I hope we're right on the cusp of seeing a new day when people can actually claim their racial uh, uh status as victims and do something about it later. we will be right back fantastic conversation as it always is with jason kuna stay tuned exposing corruption informing citizens pursuing liberty you're listening to liberty news radio USA News, I'm Laura Winters. It's primary day in South Carolina with voters heading to the polls. IVF becoming a campaign issue. Former President Trump campaigning in South Carolina Friday night saying he strongly supports in vitro fertilization. I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious little beautiful baby. I support it. Vice President Kamala Harris responding, the vice president blaming Trump for Alabama becoming the first state to say that frozen embryos qualify as children under state law. Harris speaking in a video posted online. Donald Trump says that he wants to protect IVF. Don't get distracted from the facts. He literally is the architect of this entire crisis. What happened in Alabama is a direct result of what happened in the United States Supreme Court. 
Volkswagen recalling 260,000 cars due to a fire risk, USA's John Schaefer with details. The car manufacturer indicates that compact cars in the U.S. might experience a fuel leak from a pump inside the gas tank. The recall affects Volkswagen Golf, Golf GTI, Golf Sportwagon, Jetta, and Audi A3 models that were produced between 2015 and 2020. As of now, no fires have been reported due to the issue. I'm John Schaefer. The Biden administration implementing more than 500 sanctions against Russia in response to the mysterious death of Russian opposition leader Navalny and Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. President Biden saying Russian President Vladimir Putin must face consequences for his aggression. We in the United States are going to continue to ensure that Putin pays the price for his aggression abroad and repression at home. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Attention, this is a public notice from the Social Security Disability Helpline. If you're one of the millions of Americans who are disabled and unable to work, you may be eligible for disability benefits from Social Security. Receiving benefits is your right. If you suffer from physical or mental disability, whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied, we can help. We'll evaluate your situation and deal with Social Security on your behalf. Best of all, there's no fee until you receive your benefits. Remember, we only get paid if you win your case. There are many reasons and conditions that may make you eligible for disability benefits. Many of them you may not be aware of. So if you're disabled and unable to work, call now to get started with your free no-obligation consultation. 800-362-9337 800-362-9337. That's 800-362-9337. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixies, Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. 
Welcome back, everybody. Jason Kuna, our anchor of tonight's program. Thank you, Keith. He is our featured guest of the evening. Learn more at nowhiteguilt.org. Nowhiteguilt.org. There you'll find the welcome message. Everything good in the West is being destroyed. People of all races are suffering. And it's so obvious to the entire world, even, you know, Vladimir Putin in his speech, you know, America today is not the America of 1950s. And as the Bible says, do not be deceived. You shall know them by their fruits. Can a good tree bring forth good fruit? Can a cor- I mean, corrupt fruit. Can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit? Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. Look at public education uh, after Brown versus Board of Education. Has that change been good or corrupt fruit? Everything else in society follows in line with this, and nobody in the Republican Party has yeah. the guts to talk about. Maybe. Well, they're getting there. And so, well, look, Marjorie Taylor Greene on September 11th of last year called for secession. We're going to talk to Jason about this and uh, find out exactly how much good is being done. Uh, in just a moment, but I want to just continue to read very quickly from nowhiteguilt.org. Um People of all races are suffering. The destruction is accomplished in the name of retributive justice against white people. Men and women from every walk of life are using the simple. And you know what it is? It's it's gaslighting, making people feel guilty about something they have no guilt about. That's what the whole civil rights movement was about, making people feel guilty about racial segregation. Racial segregation is natural and normal. Birds of a feather flock together. But, again, for some reason it's just uh, it's a classic case of gaslighting in my opinion anyway uh men and women from every walk of life are using the simple go free method that jason has uh, come up with in conversations and debates and they are having victories against this destruction that they never imagined were possible you want to learn more go to knowwhatguilt.org you can find his books one of which we've used as a fundraising incentive just a couple of years ago the go free show every a week on youtube and it's all right there at knowwhatguilt.org jason back uh, to to you in this conversation how much are things beginning to change? Now, you can't see all of the change as being readily apparent, but with regard to people beginning to come over to... It's at least being talked about now, where it wasn't even uh, something that you could mention in polite society before, but we haven't won the argument yet. Give us some examples of that, Jason. Well, I can speak directly to, and, th- and thank you for sharing uh, my website and, and uh, where folks can find more information about the work that uh, we do specifically in our community. And I'm really proud to be representing uh, my white uh, well-being community today, a number of champions. Uh, I salute them all. Uh, the, world, the world should know their names. That's how, much, that's how proud I am of the work that they're doing. What we do is we target uh, we identify, and then we refer to it as swashing on for swashbuckling to make it a little bit fun. Uh, we identify content creators, and this is to answer your question uh, because it's it's sort of one and the same in how the the process the the mechanism works. So uh, we have an outreach team, and if folks would like to be a part of that, uh, they can uh, show up on Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when we have our Go Free gatherings, and you'll look down into the description and you'll see the link for the outreach team. These are dedicated activists uh, and all donating their time. Nobody's paid. I wish we could. But we identify individuals that, uh, for various reasons, either they have a large audience and there's a possibility that they could end up uh, using the concepts that we swash on them, that we, that we push uh, to them and to their audience. And so what ends up happening is uh, we 
and the totality of the white sympathetic sphere, everybody out there, everybody in this audience that's listening now who ends up in these audiences and using these concepts that we are sharing here today, uh, what ends up happening is that influences in one of two ways these content creators. Now, we can be easily uh, censored. I mean, we are. I just had, I was literally robbed by uh, the uh, Gemini cryptocurrency exchange. So the, the things that they can do to us are, are just limitless virtually. But we can identify the content creators that are larger, content creators like uh, Dr. Carol Swain, which we've had on, Mark oh, Dice, yes. uh, Nicholas DeSanto, international conservative comedian. We've had him on. Uh, and uh, Representative Josh Shriver, a huge uh, victory. We celebrated to the heavens. He was attacked in, uh, what was it, uh, Michigan? He was attacked. He's a representative in the state. Uh, and uh, just sort of milquetoast sort of response, attacked as a neo-Nazi and everything. We immediately moved into his uh, thread and uh, wrote private messages to him. He He responded to the private messages, and then immediately was using white erasure in mm -hmm. his, now this is a guy by the way this is a guy by the way who has said that there's only one race the human race and there are there, so there are no individual races and this sort of thing <laughs> now he's talking about uh, you're white erasing us and that's something that everybody can we've been uh, Jack Posobiec uh, completely changing the way he uh, discusses our yes. victimization uh, Elijah Schaefer, Ashley St. Clair, Matt Walsh, Donald Trump Jr. We have saying anti-white, anti-whiteism, white, anti -white, anti -white right. erasure. Hold on right uh, there. Yeah. Because, Jason, so much credit has to be given to you on this, and I have to be frank about that. Anti-white, I mean, you were doing that before we were doing that. Bob Whitaker was doing it in the mid-2000s. There were some other people doing it. But white erasure... You know, that, that term anti-white, I mean, we were always pro-white on this program, of course, but the term anti-white, I mean, you were a pioneer in that. White erasure, that I think you could trademark. I don't know of anyone who did that before you. Well, and Jason now, has a lot of bon mots like He that. really does. He has his own vernacular. Uh, vernacular. Yeah, or, I mean, he, he, vocabulary. he does, and, and, it, and it is very positive, and there's a whole method behind it. You've got to go to nowhiteguilt.org to learn more. We don't have the time to cover it here, but... White erasure. But I got to get to, and we'll give the latest example from InfoWars in just a moment, but the fact that Charlie Kirk has come so far in just the last four years from mm -hmm. kicking people out of his meetings for bringing up race topics like we're discussing right now to on Martin Luther King Day of this year doing a very wonderful uh, article and uh, exposition on who Martin Luther King really was. I mean, how do you account, Jason, for that radical amount of trans, uh, transformation, transformation in four years? It's, a, it's, it's the work of your audience. It's the work of uh, our outreach team and, and solo activists as well that are involved. Putting pressure on, and, and, and it's a positive pressure, on content creators, on people who are going to talk about sociopolitical matters vis-a-vis -vis our victimization, uh, compels them. For example, when we reach out and we very pointedly, very specifically, calculatingly uh, incorporate anti-whiteism, white erasure, anti-white narrative into questions so that they are written in a way that it's assumed that everybody talks this way. You should know this too. 
Uh, it, this makes perfect sense. That's one of the angles. The other angle is the swashing through the audience. So what's happening for people uh, like you're talking about Jack Posobiec and, and uh, others, what's happening for them is the locution that the locutions that the audience their audience is using is changing and it's changing in a way that they can adopt and must adopt in order to continue to speak the same language of their audience or run the risk of losing some of that audience so you can't go into their audiences and say a bunch of nasty things about other races of man and believe that others in the audience or enough are going to take it up and then uh, that caused the content creator to change the way he or she discusses our victimization because there are there are other forces at work either behind them it could be pay it could be censorship etc that are going to prevent them from adopting such locutions such a lexicon such dialectics but when you share ideas and like as we're seeing across all of these uh, people's chats when you share ideas that are based in love based in a a focus on us based in a demand to end our victimization they are able and in fact they must adopt the language of their audience or run the risk of losing them and that's right. why we're seeing yes yes that's what Jason, pardon the interruption, my friend, but that's where we're at now. And you can see it. It is observable in real time how much not just our own collective, our own cause, our own movement has moved. I mean, we've we've always been there. I can't even say that we've necessarily moved, but the conservatism incorporated is moving because they have to keep up with the base. Now, here I well, say well, this. Here, let me say this quickly before we get off the topic. It's the 800 pound gorilla on the living room sofa that the conservatives have been endeavoring for uh, probably about 70 years to have nobody notice well it's been noticed and when people actually hear people speaking about it and legitimizing it i mean it's like uh, a breath of fresh air to them. well here's what i know uh, now more than ever i feel as though jason conditions are becoming favorable for our movement to make massive gains uh, you couldn't have done this one or two decades ago when we first got started uh, but people like you and I and Keith and everybody who's interviewed on this program year after year have faithfully and arduously toiled in the vineyards. And I think the fruits of our shared labor are now beginning to present themselves. Tall oaks from Little Acorns Grove. Holding the line without compromise. Uh, and it was a lonely assignment for a long time. But the dam is beginning to break. And I look forward to uh, uh, years of advancement together. And, uh, of course... A lot of people have been responsible for that. But what you're seeing now, Jason, is the fact that some of the things which used to be taboo and used to only be discussed in our circles have now entered into the mainstream conservative consciousness over just the past couple of years. Issues like nationalism, secession, journalists being the enemy of the people, abolishing the FBI, black on white crime, the great replacement, the term anti-white. Uh, white advocacy in general, things like opposing affirmative uh, all action. All the negatives that come from expanding the influence of black people and reducing the influence of white people in our institutions, in our politics, in our daily lives. All of the, all of this, up to and including uh, attacking the SBLC and the ADL. Jason, any of those things that I just rattled off, you wouldn't have seen two, three, four years ago. Now you're seeing it not just from talking heads like Charlie Kirk and Matt Walsh at Al. Uh, but from sitting United States congressman. I mean, this is a pretty substantial transformation. Sea change. 
It is. Yeah, it absolutely is a, a sea change. And uh, I was getting really inspired there, James, when you were, especially when you said years of advancement together. I'm really looking. I'm really looking forward to that because we, the argument of uh, worse is better. It, the reality is that it's never better. We can look to the cities. We can look to Rhodesia. We can look to South Africa. It's never better unless there is an escape, unless there are tools that we can use to change the destiny that anti-whites have written for us that we're seeing in this uh, Google AI generator, uh, Gemini uh, <laughs> image generator, uh, where they're, they're quite literally the AI just reflecting what its owners wanted to do, already completely white erasing the white race. So their outcome is, is uh, visible there, and the celebration so of that outcome. If they leave it normal, it does, you know, white race comes out loud and clear as being superior. So that's, they have to work assiduously to try to stop what is natural and normal. Or if not superior, AI. at the very least, existing, which even is has a bridge too far for them. Precisely, James. That's exactly what it is. It, Anti-whiteism and all of these afterbirth uh, ideologies or names that they give it, whether you know it's it's DEI or DIE as we like to say, or any of these others, <laughs> they they all are at their root anti-white. They all victimize us in various ways. And we I, one of the things that that I continually uh, argue is that our expression onto the world is this Western culture. Western culture produces Western civilization, i.e., the countries that we have given names to with our, these invisible borders, unfortunately too invisible nowadays, but uh, these invisible borders that we <laughs> created. These, these, these creations. These are, the best, uh, these are the best civilizations there are, undoubtedly, and everybody acknowledges that, and they acknowledge it with their feet by coming here. Well, it, I mean, it's very clear that uh, that's the case, that uh, so much of the world points their feet toward the countries that we produce. But the bottom line is that if we view, if we begin to view, and I think this is, this is part of the trend of where we are moving as a people, viewing that what we produce, what we project onto the world is us. It's not, something, it's not just a statue. It's not just history. It's not just a, a moray or our view of how we, uh, how we believe that criminal justice uh, should be uh, applied to, the, to society. Those things are us. And when we begin to defend those things as personal attacks on ourselves and from that place of love, we do it then with righteous indignation. We do it with passion. And that is, at its very core, what is finally overcoming the hesitancy in so much of the white population to run afoul of this social moray, this, this anti-white immoral moral imperative that it's wrong, it's immoral to prevent the victimization of white people because, insert of all the reasons thereafter, it is. Well, the real reason is, Jason, that if you don't keep white people down, they will grow and prosper and dominate. They've got to do some something to handicap us. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is, going back to the fundamentals, the fact that even by so-called conservative institutions uh, like the RNC and the Southern Baptist Convention, that every race has a right to exist and be proud of who they are and acknowledge their ancestors and their culture, except for whites, that's just not going to fly. Keep, that, keep, that, keep those cards and letters and money rolling into the Southern Baptist well, Church. That's just, I'm just, that's just two examples. I mean, you could have a lot more. But I, I've got two questions for you, Jason, uh, 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 very quickly. 
Uh, we only have nine minutes remaining. How fast is this hour going with Jason Kuna? That's what an interview with him can do. Uh, but I got to, if time permits, and it's it's really getting tight now, I have to give you some credit here as well. Harrison Smith of Infowars. This is a one of the shows on Alex Jones Networks, uh, obviously. Uh, he uh, went on air a few days ago and uh, commented that AI, artificial intelligence, has an anti-white bias and will lead to white erasure. Jason, white erasure, you... That's your comment. There is nobody else that has ever said that that I know of than you, and that has entered into the popular consciousness. Bravo. Well, There are no, uh, there are I, no royalties being paid to him. Well, should be. <laughs> No, that's it's it's the work of this community, uh, the, the outreach team and the solo actors. Uh, they're the ones who are making it happen. It's the the folks in y'all's community that are expanding it, where they end up. See, and I know there's some contention when it comes to the uh, concept of white erasure in, in some circles uh, uh, versus some other some other comments that have not been uh, successful in the past. Some other concepts that are that is, but. Uh, this is demonstrating that these concepts work, that normal folks like Donald Trump Jr. can very easily get messages from our community, from you know, like our outreach team, Jason, and repeat that's the things. thing. Exactly. Jo- Donald Trump Jr. went from soliciting and well, excuse me, I, I want to give plausible deniability here, but it, it, the, the, the record is uh, that the Donald Trump campaign of 2016 solicited an interview for Donald Trump Jr. on this radio program and he gave a great interview and we had a great time Uh, but then the campaign ran from it but it went from that in 2016 to him saying the exact same things that you're saying Jason I mean that is incredible after that that came out I mean they ran like a scalded dog from James but now they're embracing (laughs) well they're well if not embracing they're certainly saying a lot of the same things and that that's you know that's the thing that matters Jason not who gets the credit not who's friends with who the fact that our cause wins, our people win. Uh, and I've got one more thing for you uh, along those lines, uh, I guess I, I should say. But the fact that, you know, Alex Jones's network is now using the term white erasure, which, is, as far as I'm concerned, is a trademark uh, and copyright of Jason Kuna and NoWhiteGuilt.org. Uh, but last week, I just saw this, and I guess this is good. <laughs> I saw this as good news. Uh, the headline is that Russia added uh, Senator Lindsey Graham to its terrorist and extremist list. <laughs> uh, so, you know, apparently Russia has a list of only 12,000 individuals that are d- declared to be uh, terrorists and extremists. The SPLC has many, many, many times more than that. In fact, I have to go to the SPLC list every year to make sure everybody's getting a Christmas card from us. And, of course, Jason, you and Keith are on that list. But uh, in any <laughs> event... The fact that Russia has added Lindsey Graham to its terrorist list is, uh, uh, I, I take a little schadenfreude in that. Uh, but no. last week we had Sam Dixon on, and it was a, a an expert two-hour conversation mm. on the Vladimir Putin-Tucker uh, Carlson interview. And i got to ask you, Jason, because you are a commentator par excellence, uh, if you're conducting that interview with Putin, where do you go? Wow, great, great question. Uh, I would have I would have done that completely differently uh, than than Tucker ended up doing. I thought he was he looked amateurish at best. He wow. was out of his league, and uh, in in my opinion, with Putin, uh, he and, missed opportunities uh, to strike uh, gold for us. You know, uh, I would have asked, and let me see. No, 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 no,
he gave us the uh, skinny about what, uh, why Russia feels that they should have a claim on Ukraine. I would wish to have asked him, what, who do you think is driving our all involvement right. in Ukraine? All right, all right. But, Jason, what would you have asked? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that I, I definitely would have been much more uh, respectful I don't I'm not a Putin fan. Putin has been in office and in power in Russia, it feels like, for generations. And he's never said anything about our victimization, which means that he must condone it to some degree uh, or the other powers that he contends with. Uh, you think Orban has been of, better? You think Viktor Orban's been better? Because he has mentioned specifically the, the, the nature of, of the white race. Yes, yeah, without question. Putin could have very easily used that opportunity. His primary argument is the Russian people, naturally. Secondary uh, 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 target Only audience. Only 52% white. Right. Sure, yeah, it's got yeah, to be more than that. No, it's all, you take in all these Soviet uh, satellites. Well, I don't think of them as the one I think of Russian, but, it, but who knows? <laughs> well, uh, he could have used the victimization of the white race the founding stock of, of the West, he could have used this discrimination, this persecution, which is blatant and tangible, to driven home a, uh, an argument about the immorality of the system across the West that would have had an effect in the states. It would have radically changed things. I think he probably didn't because the, these other anti-white oligarchs in the world, that might have been a a bridge too far, and he's already in uh, in quite a competition with them over where the border is going to be relative to uh, to Russia. So I, I think that he's. I would have, if I had been in in Tucker's position, I probably would have uh, driven for his opinion on that discrimination on Western kind across the West, but also in the United States, and well, his Briggs. opinion on that persecution. Jason Bricks, for example, is a perfect example. The Iranians don't have any trouble identifying themselves as Muslim and Arab. The Chinese have no problem <laughs> identifying themselves as being for the Han Chinese. But the one white guy in the group is too coy to identify his base. Mm. And, you know, that, mm. that, that's, that's a perennial problem cropping up again. What do you well, think, Part of part of the anti-white narrative and what we have the victimization that has been inflicted on us this this white guilt compels us to disavow all our to disavow our well-being to disavow our children's well-being to disavow the well-being of our elderly to disavow our creations and then they wonder at the end of the day how it is that anti-whites are able to say to us you have no culture and white people have nothing to say in response well you've disavowed it all so that you wouldn't hurt the feelings or feel bad or offend this uh, social morality that is the anti-white immoral or, or catch uh, imperative. Sorry? Or catch flag, basically. You know, yeah, or, yeah, exactly, stand up for white people, they will be vilified. Precisely because of the breach Everybody of the, the sort of moral code. And that's where, that's where, as I see, we got like a minute, I guess, left. That's where uh, the, the, real, the real fight is. That's the, the intellectual battle, the moral battle is at the, the moral imperative. Anti-whiteism is a psychological warfare. That's what it is. It has undermined our churches. It's undermined our lodges, our governance, uh, sociopolitical It's gaslighting. It's basically making us feel guilty about something we should feel no guilt for. Nowhitegilt.org. That's it. Jason, final word to you. we got about 30 seconds. 
thank you so much for everything you're doing. My, I and my community are doing all sm- our small part, and uh, we are proud to be able to be a part of a, a wider resistance to our victimization. God bless the both of you and Sam uh, Bushman as well and this entire audience. Hey, no small part from you, my friend, uh, but it is all in part of a cause greater than ourselves, uh, our greater collective, and thank you for doing the part that you do. And we're all in this together, and it's great to have you tonight. Keep your shoulder to the wheel. (laughs) Amen. Jason Kuna, everybody. NoWhiteGuilt.org. Catch his YouTube show every Saturday afternoon, early evening. And, uh, again, all the information is there at NoWhiteGuilt.org. Love you, Jason. Talk to you again soon. Uh, Coming up, uh, we're going to revisit the TPC at 20 retrospective series. Our interview with Anthony Coombe. Stay tuned. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. You're listening to The Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607 607- Two zero three five four two three. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, first hour with Scoop Stanton reporting live from the Conservative Political Action Committee, a.k.a. CUCPAC. And uh, we go into Jason Kuna talking about the fact that, hey, maybe the Republican base, the Trump voting base, has left that kind of conservatism behind. There's reason to believe it, and a lot of their standard bearers are beginning to sound a lot more like us. Well, the one who kicked it all off on the big way, I mean, certainly we've been here for 20 years, but what I'm talking about is the first person not already associated with our movement who sort of broke bad, uh, that was Anthony Cumia. Back in 2014, 10 years ago, and as part of our TPC at 20, a retrospective series, what we're doing during this special series is once a month, 
throughout this, our 20th anniversary year, uh, Keith Alexander and I are going to be revisiting clips from some of our most memorable interviews over the past two decades with fresh reactions and commentary. And keeping in with the theme from tonight, we're going to go to Anthony Cumia. Now, this guy was a radio legend. Uh, he was uh, sort of on par with Howard Stern in terms of celebrity on uh, Sirius an XM. East Coast phenomenon, basically. East Coast. He was a New York guy on New York radio, Sirius XM, but he got fired and we have the story. And when he got fired, one of his first interviews, I think maybe his first or maybe his only interview that he did to promote what he was going to be building with his own network after he got fired was right here on the political cesspool. So we're going to listen to clips from that as part of our TPC at 20 retrospective series. And uh, this is what the first clip sounds like. Obviously, I'm going to address a lot of racial issues because that seems to be the thing in this day and age that we are not allowed to talk about. A lot of liberals talk about um, uh, let's have an open, honest dialogue on race. That's what's going to be able to solve these problems that we have in uh, the communities and whatnot. But they do not want that. They don't want open and honest dialogue. They want you to agree with them. Uh, they want the continued victimization and uh, excuses that go out. The second you literally bring up the real problems that are, are happening in this country as far as certain communities go, you're chastised. You're, you're, you're given that uh, scarlet letter, which is now R, racist. Oh, my uh, goodness and gracious. The, and there's no way uh, to discuss this as, uh, a, a white, uh, especially male American, without being called a racist. Um, and that's what I want to discuss. I want to discuss a lot of subject matter that's very sensitive on my show. Uh, I, I think uh, we're at the point now where you can't even talk about it, regardless of what you say. You can't even address certain sensitive racial, sexual uh, what people consider misogynistic subject matter without being thrown out of your job or having your reputation uh, tainted. Uh, this is the world we're living in now. There has to be a turnaround. We, we have to stop uh, chastising people and, and uh, uh, throwing people out of their jobs for their ideas and opinions uh, on subject matter that is uh, happening in, in this day and age. I don't understand why we can't just talk about it. <laughs> Mr. Kumia, I want to tell you that if I ever get the chance to meet you, I'd be honored to shake your hand after hearing what you just said. I've been doing this Thank show, you, sir. which certainly doesn't have the reach that, that you've had in the past and probably will have with your, your future your program, but We've been building for 10 years talking about almost what you just mentioned exclusively. For 10 years, we've done it. I've suffered all the I love it. arrows. I had a short-lived stint on CNN, and then CNN wouldn't let me back on anymore. But we've been talking I about bet. this and trying to have a dialogue for 10 years. And, you know, sometimes, despite the growth of the audience and that so many people, you know, email us and write us letters each week saying, yes, 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 this is what I believe. I've been waiting for something like this. You still feel as though you're a voice in the wilderness. So to hear a mega, and I'm not trying to blow smoke at you, but a mega Thanks, celebrity sir. such as yourself, <laughs> yes. you know, say that you're willing to be honest. 
is almost it, revolutionary. I, I, yes, you know, I, I would never try to pat myself on the back. I've always been very self-deprecating, and uh, I've always thought much lower of myself than others have thought of me. But this means so much to me. To be able to express your ideology, your thoughts, uh, to take statistics and quote them when you're debating somebody about subject matter. Why is this a bad thing? Why do people then want to quiet you and shut you down? All right, so uh, this was what it sounded like on this very radio program back in 2014, 10 years ago. And Keith, 10 years ago, that was right before the proliferation of content creators who were sounding like us and Anthony Cumia. So Anthony Cumia, if you're not familiar with who he is, as I said, he was a big star in talk radio. He was on par with Howard Stern on Sirius XM in the New York market. But we'll tell you why he got fired as we continue to listen to clips from this classic interview as part of this uh, TPC at 20 a retrospective series that we're doing every month. But uh, here he was fired and untethered and this is what he wanted to talk about and he created his own network 10 years ago he's going strong now and this is what it sounded like and when he came out so to speak uh, on these issues he came on this program and that was 10 years ago this is one of the 12 we're going to be featuring in in the from the depths of our archives uh, during this special series and you love to hear it well we're both riding the same wave we didn't invent this Neither did Anthony Cumia. Everybody knew about the 800-pound gorilla on the living room couch, and they knew not just instinctively but from experience what happens to people that do not recognize that taboo and honor it. But, again, like I said before, this is really gaslighting. Everybody has a sense of their own racial identity. Every other group, for example, can segregate and try to, you know, birds of a feather flock together. People from the subcontinent of India, they forget about their caste differences for a while and identify themselves as Indians because of their innate racial consciousness. Same thing for the Han Chinese, which are basically 90% of the population of China. So do uh, black Africans, black people from the Caribbean, uh, Hispanic people from South and Central America. Everybody can identify and rally around their racial identity except for white Gentiles. And it's time that that stopped. You know, we've had this for most of my lifetime, most of my adult lifetime, uh, over 50 years. uh, You are punished for being a white Gentile. Uh, And it's time for this to stop. And, um, you know, every every day we see more and more evidence that – you know, people insist upon talking about this. It's uh, it's, it's the uh, problem that for the left will not go away. So Anthony Cumi, a big radio star, when uh, he finally got released from his network obligations and he came time to share with the world what he really wanted to talk about, he chose the political cesspool to tell the story, and it continues here. And it the, will continue. the whole racial issue in this country is very, very important to me. Uh, and I really want to talk about it. And then I get people that also say, well, you live in a really nice neighborhood. Why do you care? Well, I care about my country, and I care about where it's going, and I think there's a problem in this nation that is not being addressed. 
and needs to be addressed. And it's violence. And I talked about this. When the story that I got fired was that I went into Times Square, I took some photographs um, at 4 a.m. Uh, with a, a $5,000 camera. Uh, and it's beautiful. New York City is beautiful at 4 a.m. It's a giant city lit up like crazy with no people in it. So you really can get some amazing pictures. So I took pictures of uh, New York City, a lot of people, workers, con ed workers. And I snapped pictures of some people just walking down the street. I snapped a picture of a black woman. She heard the shutter snap, turned around, walked up to me, called me a white mother effer, and uh, punched me in the face. Uh, I reacted with zero violence. Zero violence. I put my forearm up in front of me to protect myself uh, from her punches, but I never struck her. And, by the way, I'm a licensed concealed carry, uh, New York City concealed carry, uh, so I, I don't have a gun on me. I had a gun on me. I did not even think about pulling it out because I wasn't, I didn't feel my life was being threatened. Um, so I reacted with no violence. When the situation was over, I reacted. We'll continue this Revisitation as part of our TPC at 20 retrospective series with Anthony Cumia when we come back. Stay tuned. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. Getting back into this one, this is one that we have never replayed before. 
we have never replayed this interview with Anthony Cumia. That Scoop Stanton, who was on the show earlier this evening reporting live from CPAC, he was the one who put this together. It was actually Scoop who was a big fan of Anthony Cumia's. Anthony Cumia was the reason that Scoop got into radio to begin with, and he had his entry into radio with TPC, still our D.C. correspondent, but now also in addition to that, the host of 7-5 Radio. Well, anyway, uh, Scoop was the one who set up this interview with Anthony Cumia. I actually, I got to admit, didn't know who Anthony Cumia was before Scoop informed me, and then I looked into it, and wow, he's this huge radio star. And he just got fired over a racial issue, and he wants to start a new thing where he's able to talk about race, and he's announcing it here on the political cesspool just a few days before he kicked off his own network 10 years ago. And getting back to the reason he got fired, uh, the last uh, part of the clip we were playing just before the break. Pictures of some people just walking down the street. I snapped a picture of a black woman. She heard the shutter snap, turned around, walked up to me, called me a white mother effer, and uh, punched me in the face. Uh, I reacted with zero violence. Zero violence. I put my forearm up in front of me to protect myself uh, from her punches, but I never struck her. And, by the way, I'm a licensed concealed carry, uh, New York City concealed carry, uh, so I, I don't have that on me. I had a gun on me i did not even think about pulling it out because i wasn't i didn't feel my life was being threatened um so i reacted with no violence when the situation was over i reacted by talking about it on twitter i tweeted how angry i was how i felt there was a problem with violence in the black community how angry i was at this woman for doing what she did and uh, for the people that then surrounded me and uh, uh, was on this woman's side, even though she was doing nothing but assaulting me for no reason. And I was fired for that. All right, Keith, that is the key. That's the key. So here's Anthony Cumia, huge radio star and making a lot of money for his network because of his popularity. As you just heard him say on this show 10 years ago, he was in New York City in the early morning hours, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. He's snapping pictures. He says it's beautiful at that time because you can go to ta uh, Times Square. All the lights are on, but nobody's there. You can get some great shots, and he's taking this picture. And then a black woman comes up and punches him in the face. And then he goes on to Twitter. He didn't retaliate. He didn't punch her back. He didn't do anything except just take it. But then he goes on to Twitter and says there's a problem with violence in the black community. After he had just been attacked by a black and they fire him for it. Well, it's a taboo that traces all the way back to the beginnings of the civil rights movement. Apparently, black people have to be allowed free reign to express their racial uh, grievances, but whites cannot mention theirs ever. And if you do, you're uh, exposed to ridicule. You're uh, not only exposed to ridicule you're exposed to loss of job loss of income loss of reputation and we're the only group white gentiles that suffer that everyone else a jewish person a black person a brown person a hispanic person uh anybody else can express a sense of an american indian can express a sense of solidarity with their own race and try to argue for increased uh 
rights or at the very least a lack, uh, a lack of uh, being you know, denied opportunities because of their race, except for us. And we have meekly accepted this for way too long. And it's, it's, as Bob Dylan said, the times, they are changing. They are changing, Keith. And the thing is, so many conservative talkers are doing it now, but almost no one was doing it 20 years ago when we started doing it and Scoop started doing it. Very few were doing it 10 years ago when Anthony Cumia started to do it, but I got to count him as one of the trailblazers in this, and we're going to listen to a little bit more of that interview right now as well, part of this. He did it in, in the Northeast, which is the uh, And in 2014, that was before the proliferation of, of 15 and 16 and onward. Uh, but uh, So this, this took a, a lot of courage to come on this show and to have his breakout moment, and this is what it sounded like 10 years ago. Anthony, I was just so refreshed to hear you answer in the way that you did, not knowing how you were going to answer that question in advance. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, the things we talk about here, you talk, you mentioned crime earlier. You know, we've had Pat Buchanan, for instance, on this show several times, and he's talked sure. about crime statistics, statistics that have been compiled by the United States Department of Justice and other entities such as that. Well, you can't mention black on white rape statistics for 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 some reason no, you, know, you get shouted no. down as a racist and and i don't want to oppress anyone and i'll let you take it away from the, uh, after this and i don't want to lord over anyone i believe in equal rights for all special privileges for none i say that every show but at the same time i don't buy into this to the politically correct point of view that everyone can be proud of who they are except for white people i mean i do agree that everybody should be proud of their cultural heritage mm -hmm. But I'm proud of my family, too, and I don't have to hate myself to be a good person. And I'll let you take it from there. When did you become aware of some of these realities? It's, it's really infuriating when you see what uh, actual – white males are just the abomination of the United States right now. Uh, they're looked at as uh, uh, jokes, as horrible people that are uh, so against diversity and everything. And, and then when you look back at the history of this country, the achievements that white males have made in this country is astounding. And regardless of what diversity might bring to this country, you can't discount what white men have done for this country. When you watch any of the uh, uh, footage of... Um, any of the Apollo programs over the years, and you look at the control room of uh, Mission Control, what do you see? Do you see diversity there? Honestly, let's be honest. You're seeing white males smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee at the console, and putting people on the moon. How is this a horrible thing? How is this something to look at and say, we need to change this by injecting people that uh, do not pay attention to the laws of this country. Do not assimilate to the uh, cultures. Do not uh, work and contribute to this nation. Why is this a good thing to then add these people into the formula to make this a great country? Diversity for the sense of just diversity is not a good thing. And when I talk about race, and try to be open and honest about it in this day and age, you're chastised. You're looked at as the racist. By the way, the word racist is now a goof. It means nothing. When you talked about racism uh, years ago, when people were literally lynched 
for the color of their skin. That was racism. It's been so uh, taken down 800 notches to just disagreeing with someone of color. Now (laughs) you're a racist because you disagree with someone of color. We're in a very dangerous place right now, and um, I am going to address all of these issues on my show in an opus, oh, open, I'm sorry, an honest fashion uh, without any censorship, any regulation, no barriers on language. We're going to use real language that people use on a daily basis. And, um, and believe it or not, we're probably going to have a little fun, too. Well, listen, I can guarantee that if this is any sort of even a a toned down preview of what they can spec on your new podcast, we're going to get you to plug plug that in a second. They're going to be in for more than they can handle. And just listening to what you're saying, you're so right. I wrote a book about that in 2010, what racism Mm -hmm. is now. And a writer once said that political correctness is a war against noticing things. And yes. if you notice things and you're honest about the things that you notice, they will declare war on you. And I think you've already been through that last month. You're going to be mm-hmm. in for it a lot more after word of this interview gets out, I can promise you. But, but that's okay because how are you ever going to come to real solutions if you can't talk about things without fear of reprisal? And you can say – I mean people can say that we're oh. completely off base, that what we're saying is completely wrong, and that we – you know, but – it should at least be debated, but you're quite right. I mean, what racist is now is just – it's anything – it's a sociopolitical nuclear bomb is what it is. And they hurl the R word yeah. at you to make you shut up. It's used to stifle dissent and freedom of, of <laughs> yeah. thought. And basically a white person – racist means white person now. If, if yes. you say anything other than what is approved speech, you are a racist. It means everything. It means nothing. God, dude, could I, I really want to just hang out with you and drink a few beers and talk for a while. <laughs> well, listen, you know, Man, I want to tell are, you, you've actually had – we, we are on the same page, my friend. All right. Now, you, you, you think, hey, we're in 2024 now. We've heard all of this a lot. You didn't hear it 10 years ago. You didn't hear it from people like Anthony Cumia 10 years ago. This was a groundbreaking interview 10 years ago. And, you know, he even protests too much. He gives them too much credit. For example, he said that you're, it's a taboo right, to well, notice things. For example, he talks about lynchings uh, and how that was real racism. Well, first of all, that wasn't real right, racism for the most part. It was, you know, most I, of those I people agree. were guilty. Also, you had the situation where the word racism, that's, that's a new development. 1935 was the first time it was used. And it was coined by Magnus uh, Hirschfeld, who was a pedophile, homosexual sex expert who used it in a book of the same name. All of that's true, but I don't focus on that in an interview like this. We can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. This was groundbreaking. It really, it really was for a guy of this stature at yeah, that time. Up in New York City. At that time in 2014, it really was. And we'll be right back with more of it right after this with Keith Alexander. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. 
News. I'm Laura Winters. There is new information this Saturday about the suspect accused of killing a University of Georgia nursing student who was out for a jog near the campus in the town of Athens. The 26-year-old man, an illegal alien from Venezuela, police saying it's a crime of opportunity. The investigation suggests that they had no relationship. He did not know her at all. I think this was a crime of opportunity where he saw an individual and uh, bad things happen. The police chief saying the man is charged with malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another. This is the first murder on the campus in 20 years. Classes have been canceled until Monday. South Carolina holding its primary today. The topic of IVF front and center. Former President Trump campaigning in Rock Hill, saying he strongly supports in vitro fertilization. And today I'm calling on the Alabama legislature to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve the availability of IVF in Alabama, and I'm sure they're going to do that. The Republican Party should always be on the side of the miracle of life and the side of mothers and fathers and beautiful little babies. Have to be on that side. Meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris blaming former President Trump for Alabama becoming the first state to say that frozen embryos qualify as children under state law. Harris speaking in a video posted online. He handpicked three members of the United States Supreme Court with the full intention for them to overturn Roe v. Wade and take away the protections around every person's freedom and right to be able to make decisions about their own body. And today marks two years since Russia invaded Ukraine. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. Attention timeshare owners. Tired of the financial stress? Were you misled by the salesperson? Don't or can't use your timeshare anymore? If any of these apply to you, then you may qualify for timeshare cancellation and get the relief you need now. Timeshare Defense Attorneys is the number one affordable fixed fee legal solution in the country with an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. That's certainly better than my grades. They even offer a 100% client satisfaction guarantee. Let one of their experienced lawyers evaluate your case and explain the process. If they take you as a client, they'll work on your case until it's resolved in your favor. Guaranteed. Expect great service and a close working relationship with your lawyer, keeping you informed every step of the way, protecting your rights, interests, and even your credit. It's that simple. Even a kid like me could understand it. The consultation is free. Call today. 800-875-1853. 800-875-1853. That's 800-875-1853. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com.
Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Well, I just like this uh, intro too much to interrupt it. Hey, Liz, next week, let's play that one all the way through. You know, I like that one. But uh, <laughs> I like them all. I like everything about I this show. But good. <laughs> show and everything we do here. And, uh, and hats off to Art Frith for selecting all that. Well, I, and hats off to Liz and all of the team at Liberty News Radio for putting this show together every week. I mean, we are nowhere. Believe me, Keith and I are Luddites and technophobes. We are both of those things. Uh, lost ball in high weeds without the help of people. Without like the production Liz. crew, it's <laughs> we ain't getting off the ground here, I can tell you that. I don't know how Anthony Cumia has done it all these years, but uh, again, this was a a profound interview 10 years ago. Now, 10 years later, it seems like a par for the course, but 10 years ago, uh, it was anything but. Coming out of a big shot broadcaster out of New York City, this was really groundbreaking. It really was. Uh, He was not only on local New York AM radio, but also Sirius and you know, big-time celebrity as far as it goes, Anthony Cumia was and is, I guess you could say. Uh, but uh, when he got fired, Scoop Stanton reached out. You heard from him in the first hour. And uh, he had sort of his coming-out party about as to what things he would be talking about for the rest of his career. He let it be known 10 years ago, and that's the show we're revisiting right now in our retrospective he, series. He broke the real glass ceiling, and the real glass ceiling was racial issues, pro-white versions okay uh that is a much bigger taboo than uh you know promoting women back in the day let's listen to a little bit more of it now the indignities that we have to suffer in terms of the name calling and the completely mm-hmm. irresponsible and overzealous name calling you know that tells in comparison to the sacrifices of blood and bone that real patriots have to sacrifice to give us this country in which we see our freedoms you know rapidly eroding but at the same time, oh, it yes. does take it does take a significant amount of courage because you can count really on your fingers and toes the people in the media who well would you need you all your fingers and toes to talk about the people who are talking about these issues? I don't think so. And you know you saw it recently the noose is tightening. You know no pun intended, but you saw Sean Bergen. Are you familiar with the Sean Bergen story there in New Jersey where he was mm-hmm. fired for just mentioning the correlation between illegitimacy in the black community and violence. I mean, you literally cannot go off the reservation at all on any yeah, I have, and expect to I have him lined up. Uh, I have him lined up as a guest on my show, as a matter of fact. Um, he, 
He spoke his mind about things he's seen. He's been there. He's been walking the beat as a newscaster in uh, some of the hardest places in New Jersey to live, some of the most gangster neighborhoods. And he, he spoke honestly about what he feels is the problem in the black, one of the problems in the black community. Uh, uh, illegitimacy, no father in the family, sometimes, a lot of times, no mother. It goes up to the grandmother to raise children. And if, if no one can actually see that this is a problem, and if you address this problem, instead of just firing the person and silencing them, how about an open and honest debate? And if you could honestly uh, debate this man and, and come up with a cause or reason for these problems that uh, is better than what he has stated, then do that. Instead of trying to silence somebody, when you try to silence someone's opinions, I think you have no other recourse. When you try to silence someone, you don't have a way to argue with them. So you just want them to be quiet. I love when someone says something that I disagree with that I'm able to then jump on and debate and make them look stupid and make them look like uh, I have the facts. You don't. When you want to silence someone, it's obvious you have nothing. You lost. So let's just pull the racism card, the sexism card, the misogyny card, the homophobic card, whatever it is, and shut people up instead of debating them. It's a cop-out. It should be obvious to people. I don't know who doesn't see this. When someone wants to silence you, they lost the argument. Hey, that's the way it sounded 10 years ago, Keith, on this uh, radio program. And now... Like I said, everybody knew about it before. It's just that no one would comment about it. It was like the emperor's new clothes. And he's one of... He and other people are some of the people that told the emperor that he had no clothes. Hey, you want to know how far it's come, Keith? You want to know how far it's come? It went from 10 years ago, he was breaking ground here on TPC... All credit due to Scoop Stanton for setting up this interview because Scoop was a fan of Kumia's and he knew Kumia and Kumia was the one who inspired him to get involved. But in any event, it went from Sean, this Sean this Bergen 10 years ago. Well, Sean Bergen, yeah, Sean Bergen's great. But uh, it went from this 10 years ago to, you know where Anthony Kumia is going to be in a few days? Speaking at VDARE's conference. That, 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 that's that's where we're at, okay? This is it. And it's not just him, although he was a trailblazer in this. A lot of other people are doing it too, and it's wonderful to see. I got a quick uh, story that I'll share about Anthony Cumia that's pretty funny. Uh, right after we played this uh, clip, uh, going back to the interview ten years ago from our broadcast archives as part of this, the second of twelve installments in TPC at Twenty a Retrospective. Some of the guests that might want to sing a few tunes have a little fun, maybe throw a 50 cal in their uh, hands and see if they could finish a song holding that heavy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much does that uh, Barrett uh, weigh? It's pretty heavy, but it's got to be. Uh, right. And boy, when you shoot it, it's not so much the kick as it is that concussion. Man, it feels... it. It The best way to describe shooting a Barrett 50 is it feels like you have the flu for three seconds. <laughs> uh, outstanding 
here's, here's another question. Back to uh, what happened in July. Why do you think the media never found up the found the uh, lady that uh, accosted you and assaulted you? Well, first of all, I don't think she even knew what happened because I truly believe she was a whore. I think she's a prostitute. Uh, <laughs> at four in the morning, I'm out there just trying to take these lonely, uh, empty New York City street pictures. But if you're walking around like that, uh, dressed like she was, alone. I would assume she's a prostitute, uh, so she probably has no clue what she has wrought uh, on people's lives. But uh, yeah, there's there's no way to find it. She's just another random, horrid, violent person that um, will never be heard from. All right, so uh, that was him talking about the reason he got fired once again, running into, and we covered this earlier taking pictures, minding his own business in New York, Times Square, early morning. I've been there. And then he gets punched in the face by a black woman, and he says, you know, there's a real problem in the black community with the violence, and then he gets fired, and then the rest is history. Uh, a few weeks later, he's on TPC. Ten years later, he's speaking at VDARE. Praise be to Scoop Stan for putting that together. You actually heard Scoop right there. He participated in that interview. We're only playing bits and pieces of it here right now on the program tonight. But if you want to listen to the whole thing, it's in our broadcast archives. I got one quick story I got to tell you about Anthony Cumia. I was doing a remote broadcast in uh, at Dixie Republic last year. I believe it was last year. And I, I like to stay at nice hotels in Greenville. Greenville's got a wonderful city walk, uh, river walk area in downtown Greenville, South Carolina. And I stay there. And so I'm waiting for the valet to bring my car around to go to the remote broadcast at Dixie Republic that night. And uh, standing a couple of people behind me in line, I noticed him and I was like, you know, man, that guy looks familiar. And I, the valet pulls my car around. I'm in a hurry. I'm running late as usual. And I get in the car and I drive off a couple of blocks away from the hotel. That was Anthony Cumia. Anthony Cumia was staying at the same hotel as I was in Greenville last year, and come to find out, he has moved from New York to Greenville, South Carolina. Well, you know, the real importance, the real breakthrough that Anthony Cumia, Cumia and Sean Bergen represented is they were in the belly of the beast. They were in the Acela Corridor, okay? That's the Acela train that runs, uh, the fast, uh, you know, bullet train that runs from Washington, D.C., up to Boston, Massachusetts. That and the left coast, basically everything on the left coast, all the uh, coastal counties, that's the heart of darkness. That's where liberalism reigns, and that's where this taboo needed to be broken. You know, there are a lot of people in the South, like us, that knew the truth about race relations. We just didn't have a voice. Bergen and Cumia had that voice, and they basically came to the same conclusions we did and expressed that, and it was revolutionary. We mentioned Anthony Cumia's bona fides. Of course, Sean Bergen, a longtime friend of the show, was uh, a daily uh, news reporter on a network affiliate there in the New York, New Jersey area. Got fired for saying that illegitimacy is a cause of concern in the black it community. It is a black problem. Hey, Sam Dixon wants to remind us that the word racist was invented by Leon Trotsky as a communist semantic weapon, and we should never forget that. Keep 10 well, seconds. Uh, okay, I think it was Magnus Hirschfeld with his book Racism in 1935. And you think you want to see somebody who's a real pervert 
Read about Magnus Hirschfeld <laughs> in the Weimar Republic. We'll be right back. The Honorable Cause of Free South is a collection of 12 essays written by Southern Nationalist authors. The book explores topics such as what is the Southern nation, what is Southern nationalism, and how can we achieve a free and independent Dixie. The Honorable Cause answers questions on our own terms. The book invites readers to understand for themselves why a free and independent Dixie is both preferable and possible. The book pulls in some of the biggest producers of pro-South content, including James Edwards, the host and creator of The Political Cesspool, and Wilson Smith, author of Charlottesville Untold, Arkansas congressional candidate and activist Neil Kumar, host and creator of the Dissident Mama podcast, Rebecca Dillingham, author of A Walk in the Park, My Charlottesville Story, Identity Dixie's Patrick Martin, and yours truly, Michael Hill, founder and president of the League of the South, as well as several other authors. The Honorable Cause is available now at Amazon.com. As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. All right, folks. Well, we're uh, as part of our TPC at twenty, a retrospective series, one time per month. We're going into the archives as we celebrate twenty years on the radio. How it sounded over all these years, Anthony Cumia is what we're revisiting tonight from 2014. You want to meet Anthony Cumia? Go to the VDare conference coming up. He'll be there speaking. That's how far it's all come, Keith. Quick thirty seconds. Okay, I wanted to reply further on Sam Dixon's comment. He was right, Trotsky at the same time was making this uh, same observation. He'd basically converted to cultural Marxism before his death. He was at a communist international convention in New York City, and he told the American communists that they were going to have to promote blacks within their ranks for leadership positions, and if they didn't do it, they weren't really serious about the revolution because he saw race, not economic class, like classical Marxists did, as the primary fault line in human society that they could build communism on. Fantastic commentary, Keith. Thank you for that. We're going to play now to close the show out. And what a great show it's been. Scoop Stanton, Jason Kuna, tip of the hat to both of you. We salute you. Uh, A little extended clip here from the Anthony Cumia interview of 10 years ago. Uh, As we wrap up tonight, March Around the World coming up next week. Uh, We're going to have a lot of fun talking with international guests, Confederate History Month in April. Let's let's go back here as we wrap up. Our our theme song for this show ought to be ACDC singing, For Those About to Rock, We Salute You. (laughs) (laughs) Having talked about these issues to the extent that we're able, for the last 10 years, the people will be with you. 
Uh, you know, there's certainly mm-hmm. a, a small cabal that, that, you know, runs the organized media, the establishment media, and they speak with one point as an echo chamber when it comes to these sensitive issues, these critical issues that must be discussed. Or there should at least be a candid debate about it, whether we're right or wrong, let the people decide. But I will tell you uh, that we get overwhelmingly positive feedback from the real people who actually listen to this show. Now, I'm not going to have any friends at CNN or MSNBC mm-hmm. or anywhere else, <laughs> yeah. uh, but if, if the people are what matters to you, I think that this uh, career change may have been a blessing in disguise. And as, as Scoop Stanton mentioned earlier, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, we spent a solid half hour uh, defending you well in advance of knowing that we would ever you know, have a chance to have you on the show. But I just basically said that uh, you were dismissed by SiriusXM for not appreciating the multicultural mm-hmm. experience of having a black female attack you. Yeah. I I honestly believe if that was a white chick on the street and she had gotten into my face, uh, this wouldn't even be an issue. Wouldn't even be an issue. My my mistake, if you even want to call it that, was that I was uh, commenting on this woman that assaulted me, jumped to violence immediately, and I combined that with social commentary. So people were able to take a little bit of both of those things and mix them together. And, of course, in the world we live in today, um, I'm then dubbed a racist. Yay! Uh, (laughs) It's one of those situations where uh, it's taken out of context. Uh, There is nothing I said, by the way, or, or tweeted that I regret, that I think was wrong, or that I would ever apologize for. Uh, it was true. Everything I said uh, had happened, and everything that I had uh, tweeted about as far as my social commentary goes is backed up by statistics. Um, it's also backed up by a lot of uh, community reverends and pastors and community leaders that talk about this violence in the black community, because that's, that's what got me in trouble when I said there's a problem with violence in the black community, and everyone jumped on me. Meanwhile, you could every weekend there is some rally or march or sit-in, or whatever you want to call it, about violence in the black community. But it's black pastors and reverends that are, are saying these things. The second a white person brings it up, you are Satan. You're the pariah. You're a racist. Uh but honestly, there is a problem with violence. It's, it's out there. It's, it's, it's not even arguable. You can't argue that there isn't a problem. But if you're a white guy mentioning it, uh, there's a problem. Well, let me tell you, it's something that should not be discounted in this interview. And of course, everything you said is spot on, uh, absolutely correct. I mean, the R word is just an intimidation tactic. And if more people will do like you have done and just say, you know, you're not going to get me with that. We're going to talk about these things, but I'm not going to apologize. That is key. If people will just say, yes, say so what or whatever, you know. But this is the thing that should not be discounted is that you did not apologize. I mean, we have covered uh, these uh, weak in the knee media types that offer these groveling, just, you know, absolutely (laughs) nauseating apologies. The it's more than the apologies, and they get fired anyway. So it's like, yeah. why are you, why are you doing this? 
And they can buy it anywhere. I mean, where have you been yeah. for the last 10 years? We should have done this a long time ago because you see everything so clearly. And it shouldn't be surprising that someone with the uh, mind that works and is a free thinker and has common sense that would, you know, draw these conclusions. A lot of people do. It just mm-hmm. seems as though no one in the media does, or at least is willing to be honest about no. it. And here you are, and this is like a breath of fresh air, but I want to take this all the way to the top if we can. And I think I'll know your answer yeah. to this, but feel free to, you know, answer it or not. But, you know, the president, the president's obviously got a, uh, a white mother and a, and a black father. He identifies mm-hmm. as black. He, he doesn't identify as a mixed-race person. He identifies as black. Is that at all surprising to you? No, not at all. It's, uh, of course the president's identified as black because uh, I think what, what the, the, the black community wants is a power base. But you need to work at a power base. You can't just have it handed to you. So when we look at um, the president of the United States, I think every, every black person was looking at this election like, well, now we have the country. We're going to be able to get what we want. And when that didn't happen, uh, things started changing. I think we started seeing a lot more violence and a lot more um, um, uh, violence against uh, uh, white people, black-on-white violence. Um, this is a direct result of this artificial power base. If you want power and you're in the black community, uh, start a business. Uh, clean up your, your community. This, this artificial power of um, saying you can't say this word, oh, we don't want you to use that word, that's not real power. Real power is you run businesses, you run your community. Um, if you shut down what you're doing on a daily basis, it would have an effect on the uh, state, the, the county, the state, the country, whatever. But just this artificial power base of, I'm black, the president's black, you need to uh, agree with me, is crap. It means nothing. Work, work for your power base, and you will then get the respect that should come to anybody that, uh, that is working and contributing to this country. Respect doesn't come from saying, respect me. It comes from something you earn. By, by going out and making something and contributing to the country and not being a burden. Well, and you need to have an honest, it's almost as if, and I don't want to paint with a broad brush here, but as if a significant percentage of the black community, let's just put it that way, mm-hmm. has become like um, a petulant child. You know, someone that just thinks yes. that they can throw a fit and get what they want. And, you know, I think it could definitely be argued that the lot mm-hmm. in life of most black families was was better 60 years ago than it is now. They think that they've gotten all of this and that, you know, they've gotten the, the shakedown thing going here. But if, if I was the leader of the black community, and I try to serve as a voice for uh, for my family, for my people, I think everybody mm-hmm. should have those uh, their unique group interests represented. But if I had been born a black man, I would think and I would hope that I would have enough integrity to say, you know what, we're not better off than we were before. I mean, in terms of having voting rights right. and all of that, that's fine, that's true. But in terms of, you know, are the black families really doing better in America today? 
uh, than they were before. I would try to be a leader for my people rather than just trying to shame other people. And I don't think you see a lot of blacks in the mainstream uh, that, that are operating from that from that point of view. There's not a lot of you know, Bill Cosby's instance. But nevertheless, right. listen, I want to tell you, this has been an absolutely riveting hour of radio. It's gone by far too quickly. Love it. Uh, I certainly Love want it. to maintain lines of communication if we can. Uh, this has just been absolutely amazing. And I, I thank you. Well, for this it. is this is the open and honest dialogue that people clamor about, but never really want to hear. Uh, there it is, folks. I think the thing, Keith, is we do this TPC at twenty, a retrospective series. We go back once a month, twelve interviews from the depths of our archives. This show has been consistently good with consistently good and groundbreaking guests. And we've had the consistent viewpoint expressed here all along. For example. You were talking about black people, or Anthony Cumia was talking about black people cleaning up their uh, communities. They were doing that during segregation. He talked about black illegitimacy, and you can't talk about it. Well, you can talk about it if right after you talk, make note of it, you say that white people are to blame for it. Really, white guys are sneaking into black communities and impregnating black girls? Sorry, I don't buy that. <laughs> hey, folks. It's been a wonderful opening two months. It's been a hot start to the new year, January and February. March Around the World kicks off next week. Exclusively international guests on TPC. Where will we end up? We're going to be all over the globe, and we're going to be checking the pulse of our people in ports near and far. Stay tuned. It begins next week for Keith Alexander, Scoop Stanton, Jason Kuna, Anthony Cumia. In retrospect, I'm James Edwards. We'll see you next week. Good night, God. You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com.